Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit CenterizeBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Centerize Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the most, the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There's been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think that chip has gotten bigger now. Can his shoulder handle it, though? If that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to place the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Philip Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Hey, Blues fans, I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan, and here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 5 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated, never duplicated, fully vaccinated, excommunicated, circumventilated, decontaminated, unrefrigerated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. This is our 2021-2022 St. Louis Blues Season Preview Show. Uh, special thanks to rockinthatidealife.com and centericebrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Two great sponsors that taste great together. Please check them out. Uh, together, together. You're saying you Wednesday. should mix them. Um, it was a, it was something I said uh, last time I was billing into the show, and uh, it just popped into my head. What's that? What's the candy? Is it peanut butter and chocolate? Two great tastes. It tastes great together. Is something that, like, the, like a Reese's cup commercial. Yeah, yeah. Right. just yeah. I don't know. We should. I'm sure it's not trademarked. <laughs> We're broadcasting live on Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. This is franchise episode number 323 all the time to interact with the show. We are all over social media. Plus, we have our own Discord server, uh, which kind of screwed things up earlier for us. <laughs> Trying to start the show. Uh, just go to letsgoblues.com for those links, plus links to past episodes. We are dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't smashed that bell, please do so and subscribe. We uh, we need our cockles warmed. Uh, your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be previewing some uh, St. Louis Blues hockey for the 21-22 season. Fellas, uh, are you excited for another season of NHL hockey? I was happy to see it on TV yesterday. Yeah, dude, this has been fantastic. Um, just, I, I don't know, it's it, it feels so new, too, just because it's on a new network. Well, two new networks. And, you know, it's nice seeing some old faces like Liam McHugh. I always thought he 
uh, did a really good job for NBC. But um, I don't know if you guys caught any of the TNT stuff today, but they had a nice feature about Wayne Gretzky joining the broadcast, which was fun to watch and seeing a lot of his old clips. And He dies his hair. He dies oh. his hair so bad. Yeah, he does. But that's okay. It's, he it's so he still it's looks so great for his age. He looks fantastic. So it's just been fun watching all this coverage and, and and catching the, the Seattle Kraken game last night was fun. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to the new season. Yeah. It, I know we'll get into the Kraken I mean, uh, stuff later, but. Yeah. It, We're going to crack you know, into some Kraken stuff. We should be a Seattle podcast. I mean, we're already rolling with it. That's, <laughs> that's amazing, Jeff. Thank you. Um, no, I'm. I was just gonna pile on. Um, yeah, I'm super excited that the season's back. Um, you know, just short off season, but it felt longer than other off seasons for some reason. Probably because I work way too much and don't have anything else <laughs> to to really uh, draw my attention away from work uh, at seven o'clock at night. Um, so super happy that it's back. And yeah, the, um, the ESPN uh, coverage last night um, was, was just amazing. Uh, great to see, you know, John Butchergrass back and hearing Ray Ferraro calling a game for ESPN yes. and uh, Linda Cohn and Kevin Weeks. I thought they were really good together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was good. And, and it was also good to, you know, to see the Lightning lose. Um, still a little bitter about that mm-hmm. sweep of the Canadians. Well, it wasn't a sweep. It's like, wait. Well, it was a drubbing. Yeah, it was a drubbing. I'll, I'll give you that. It's like the band's back together on ESPN. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's it it, and the featurette on the song. I really enjoyed that. And, I'll admit at first I didn't realize it was Justin Bieber that was narrating it because at first I'm like, they, what, they get a fucking 16-year-old to narrate this? And then I found out it was yeah. Bieber, and I'm like, yeah. well, at least Bieber's a hockey fan. They just didn't get some random celebrity, so I did appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, that was – and just hearing that iconic song again, it it uh, really lifted my spirits. Uh, the uh, Some announcements here before we get into our stuff. Uh, the uh, – Blues announced their uh, Great Saves program. We'll be back this season, which offers last-minute ticket deals. Uh, you can sign up for that and get notifications when uh, those deals are, are happening. Uh, give you discounted tickets, uh, last-minute stuff, day of, day before, stuff like that, I guess, week of. Um, I guess when they you know, have seats available, they'll try and try and uh, get rid of them at a discounted price. So that's a good deal. You should probably check that out at uh, com. But uh, and they share this info on Facebook, and I, I we talked about this earlier, guys. About uh, let me tell you, the the buffoonery was in full effect, um, and the Facebook geniuses were out in full force. Oh my God, um, it's like I, we've got a few examples here, and I guess you know, I mean, you, you want to take Facebook comments with a grain of salt because it seems like they're always it's always just a dumpster fire. But uh, just, I mean, everything. It wasn't, I, I saw like no positives. It was all, you know, uh, John Leasy agreed. All, all of a sudden, there are many packages uh, available. LOL, nope, you pooped in that bed, NHL. Not sleeping it. Uh, good luck filling all those empty seats due to your new policy. Talking about the proof of vaccination policy. And that's what all this is about. 
uh, it's a lot cheaper to watch the games at home or a local bar where there is no dumb policy. Uh, Christine Miller. I, if I didn't have to show test results or mask it up, I would have filled the seats with me and my friends. Hey, Hot Shots is 10 times cheaper than going to the game, and now we have a great group that goes there. Yeah, uh, enjoy getting uh, lung cancer when you no. go to Hot Shots as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> no offense, Hot Shots. I actually like Hot Shots, but I Which, had to I had to throw I do, a I shot too, at Hot Shots. But one of them is they allow smoking inside still, right? So it's pretty. I know the one, the one, right? Yeah, the one in Fenton does. It's like an ashtray. It's like an ashtray, which is crazy to me because that's still Um, St. Louis County, and I thought that that was not allowed. But I don't know. I guess maybe I just don't understand borders. Whatever. Garrett Rump says, "I'm not vaccinated, and will be unfortunately getting a negative COVID test done on this 22nd. But this will most likely be the only game I'm going to be attending in person because I'm not going to go and get a test on every single game. Uh, I want to go to a game, and I had already bought my tickets. Blah blah blah." So he's a, everyone is just pissed off. Should have, you know, Brett Felber, uh, should have, should have the wear a mask, should have the wear a mask and great vaccination program. There's, there's a lot of stupid shit. I don't think we need to read through all all, these. I mean, it was literally you, you posted that. And the first thing I did was I went to Twitter and all I saw on the Twitter comments was the, the only one that was somebody who said, Oh, great saves for tickets. You won't be getting those in between the pipes, which I thought, well, at least that's a kind of a funny burn on Bennington if you're not a Bennington fan. But uh or maybe who saw, I don't know who he was directing that at. But then I went to Facebook and I saw all these and man, I gotta tell you, my policy, my personal policy is is typically it's Facebook, like you said, it's just a dumpster fire most of the time with public pages. Just ignore it. When I saw ev- literally every single comment was negative, I was like, mm-hmm. ah, damn it, I have to say something. And I just had to remind the Blues social media person, which he already knows, I know, that this is the vocal minority. Please don't make decisions based on these people. Uh, <clears throat> Matt Richard, sorry I'm not vaccinated and not wearing a mask. Hope you don't fill the seats. You know, Not only is he uh, pissed off, he's like... Uh, wishing the blues to fail which is weird too i don't understand people i I don't understand i don't understand any of it at all it just doesn't not make any sense i've lost faith in in people having common sense and whatnot i just i've lost it it's gone any faith i had i i really don't do facebook anymore uh because of this and you know outside of facebook over the last year and a half, I've really lost my faith in most of humanity. So I, I could only imagine that if I were on Facebook, I would be on uh, lots of uh, depression medicine because, <laughs> man, it, it is just uh, so negative. Just just reading these comments, I'm like, God, I hope Kurt doesn't want to read all of these because uh, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, terrible. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the negative attitude towards trying to do what is quite frankly the bare minimum to help slow the spread of a virus during a pandemic and you that's know what I mean? and that's right. my point is that if 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 the the whole policy was if you're not vaccinated you're not welcome personally I'm okay with that but I un- I would understand the ire the hate for that because unvaccinated people would be like, you're discriminating against us. Like I would at least understand that, 
This their policy is as minor as it gets. If you you are you are allowed to not have the vaccine, just prove you yeah. don't have COVID. That's all we ask. Yeah. I don't think that's a crazy ask. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. not and, and there's no there's no you know, they have a they have a choice. Like you said, they have a choice to either get right. vaccinated or get a negative test or watch it at home. They have options. No one's preventing them from watching a game. It's just you know where they can watch it, and it's uh, and it's 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 goofy to me. The, the watching going to a game at at uh, Enterprise Center is not a uh, a right. It's not a right. It's, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not entitled to anything, uh, as far as that's concerned. It's a, it's a it's a they can do have any uh, uh, policy they want, and it's the one that's been recommended to have in the area. And plus, they polled their season ticket holders. And uh, uh, and that's the conclusion they came up with. Uh, so I mean, it's you know they spoke to your own, right? I don't know. I'm. Uh, it's been a long year and a half. <laughs> yeah, it has. It has. You can see the frustration boiling over for everybody. But um, yeah, this is. I think. I think. I think the people that that are um, the most vocal about wanting to go out and wanting to have fun and uh, get back to normal and live their lives. That's a common thing they want to say. We want to go out and live our lives. This is giving the opportunity to go out and live your life. If you get vaccinated or show a negative test, you can live your life. Just get, just do that. I mean, you, you have the option. You're choosing not to do that. So mm-hmm. you can live your life. You can get back to normal, at least, you know, modern normal um i it's i think people uh, are almost acting like they don't have a choice in the matter and they're being you know discriminated against which it's not as discrimination because you're not you have no right i mean it's no you're not entitled to a game so right but still agree yeah anyway. um i well do you guys have more to say about this because i have something that might lift our spirits a little bit go ahead i'm done <laughs> okay lift our spirits jeff good well i have some news about our friend a uh, friend of the show, Crappy Goalie. Uh, his daughter recently, I think she's nine, maybe ten at this point, uh, she has recently started playing goal herself. And she, over the weekend, went to a tournament in Indianapolis, first traveling tournament, I believe, for her. Uh, first game in goal, got a shutout. Nice. That's yeah. beautiful. So uh, cra- I don't know if you want to call her Crappy Daughter. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No. crappy goalie's daughter uh just yeah, want to give a shout out to nicole better. and say how awesome that was and apparently her tur- i don't know how her team finished but yeah. i know they had a pretty good overall tournament so congratulations to them enjoy that uh gaa and save percentage while it lasts because it will never be lower than it is right now yeah i it was <laughs> funny right. because my 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 buddy well uh crappy goalie was messaging me about it from indy and he kept saying like I'm so nervous for her. This is I'm more nervous for her than I've ever been for any game I've ever played in. And I just said, watch, dude. She's going to blank him. She's going to blank him. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. So I told him, I'm like, you have to text me before every game now because I'm going to tell you that. So that way she continues her shutout streak. <laughs> Very nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, uh, official beers of episode number 323. You can follow each of us on the untapped app. Uh, I'm at CPrice12. Jeff is at JPonder94. And Bill is at BillyBlueNote33. 
what do you guys? Who wants to go first? We're gonna, we're starting a new. Uh, well, not a new season. We did that about five episodes ago. But we're this is like oh, really yeah. the official, unofficial start of season ten. I guess our preseason. I think, our I think it's typically Bill than me. So let's let's uh, yeah. let's switch it switch up. up. We'll go All with right. me. Go ahead. Go ahead, um, just because I like to hear my the sound of my own voice. Uh, so uh, I'm going with one that I've probably had. It's at least tied for the most I've ever had on this show. From Center Ice Brewery, The Beauty, the best IPA in all of St. Louis, if you ask me. Uh, just a good, smooth beer, and I'm drinking it out of my blues cup to celebrate mm. the new season. I need to get some more Center Ice uh, beer here in the house. I'm out. So I've got yeah, to my, settle. I've got to my settle second, for uh, other beers. My second is the PSL. Okay. Yep. Mm. Somebody made a beer run. Somebody did make a beer run. <laughs> All right, uh, Bill, what's yours? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I'm I'm not going local tonight. I'm not rocking our sponsor. Uh, uh, apologies, boys and girls. Um, I'm just going back to my go-to um, colder weather beer, um, non-stout, Dirty Bastard, Scotch Ale, Founders Brewing. Um, I think I said before, if uh, I had to pick one beer, to drink for the rest of my life, this would probably be it. It's got a little bit of everything, and uh, you know that I look for in beers at least. And yeah, it's it's uh, a nice uh, nice fall warmer. Even though you know it's still eighty degrees here on October thirteenth. It was like what was it seventy something today? It was a little. It wasn't too bad. Seventy was it eighty? Yeah. It was yesterday. It was, you know, it was yeah, it was in the eighties. Weekend though, okay. Saturday, sixty four. There's your yeah, weather yeah, report. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, what a week ago it was cool for a few days. That was nice. Yeah, um, but it got uh, warmer this week. Uh, mine, <clears throat> my beer of the show is the uh, vanilla pumpkin beer from O'Fallon Brewery, which I I've only had this I think once before. The vanilla pumpkin. Uh, it's quite good. You can, I mean, it's it's a pumpkin beer, and you can taste the vanilla. So, um, you know. It it is what I expected it to be. It's good. I like it. O'Fallon makes some good beers. Good I've O'Fallon. got so, the. Uh, I I'm I'm partial to the, the just the basic O'Fallon pumpkin, see. but the the vanilla is good. Yeah. Uh, there's they've got I, a couple I, variations. I'm not a huge fan of, but the vanilla is pretty good. Uh, Bill, you said yours was from Founders. Uh, you said it was not local. Well, in the grand scheme of the universe, it's very local. Just. Just saying. In the in the grand scheme of things, it's a hop, skip, and a <laughs> jump for uh, the Incredible Hulk. That's true. Um, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, October thirteenth, two thousand, the uh, St. Louis Blues hang the President's Trophy banner, um, and uh, Charles Glenn sings the national anthem as the regular for the first time. Reed Lowe scored his first or was in his first NHL fight in his NHL debut, which has to be the case with a fighter, right? I mean, you have to fight in your debut. You have to. Uh, having off uh, his first NHL goal in this game and Brent Johnson, his first NHL shutout. This is a big deal. This is a big game. I've, uh, I, do you know who was against? The only, I, I will say, the only reason uh, I know is because I have this on my YouTube channel if you want to watch this game. I'm going to say it was against uh, L.A. 
don't know. Bill, no, you have a guess? I'll guess. Ooh. Trying to think who they used to open up against back in those days. Um. Shot in the dark, Bill. Go ahead. Just Nashville. Just, just shoot. Nashville. Nashville. You're uh. So I guess geo- uh, geographically. That's not geographically. Geographically. <laughs> that's the word. I was an English graduate, folks. Um, they, uh, Bill would be closer. Um, did Minnesota. you go to school in, uh, Traverse City? I did. I, shut up. We're not getting back <laughs> to that. I'm not even saying it this time. Traverse, 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 Traverse. Did you notice, Damn did it. you notice the show you missed? We purposely said that. Yes. Yes, I did. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I did listen to that whole show. Um, but anyway, oh, so no, Minnesota, that was their first game against the Minnesota wild. So that's why okay. that kind of stands out to me. Um, that was their first season, uh, Havanov, it was an empty net goal. And what I loved was the line from Ken Wilson, because after he scored it, he like ripped his gloves off and like jumping up around, like he won the Stanley cup. And, uh, Ken Wilson's line was by the time word gets back to Russia on that goal, he will have deked through three guys and put it between the goalie's legs. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ask how, they ask how many, right? That's right. And again, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, if you want to look it up, uh, I do have that game on there. If you just type in the date, it'll probably come up October 13th, 2000. Um, yeah, I, fun game to watch. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, Brent Johnson, his first NHL shutout. I think that was his yep. second game. So pretty cool. Yeah, uh, a lot of firsts. I think mean, the Charles Glenn thing was cool because uh, uh, his first regular, uh, uh, as a regular for the first time, I guess it was, and uh, so he and he just just quit just recently. So that uh, that was pretty cool. Um, are we uh, ready to roll with the idealized spot, Jeff? Yeah, we are. But uh, first, you know what? We got a comment we'll read, but I'll do it actually after we uh, we hear and and I will. Is that from Ken Morris. Yes, Mr. Ken Morris. Yeah. We will hear from yeah. Ken Morris, and we will talk about the Blues' upcoming season when uh, when we get back from hearing from our friends at ID Life. It's safe to say that the burn box from RockinThatIDLife.com provides you with the sugar bustingest, muscle buildingest, mood enhancingest, focus inducingest, energy boostingest, experience. You not only get the excellent product, but you get recipes, menu options, a tracker, and program guide to assist you along your self betterment journey. Based on your goals, you can double up on Slim Plus or Energy, or you can get one of each with flavors such as mixed berry, tropical fruit, and orange. The burn box lets you enjoy the weight loss or muscle gain journey along the way. Become a VIP with RockinThatIDLife.com and place your burn box on subscription and you'll save 20%. And as always, text the roughest, toughest, he-man, stuffest hombre has ever crossed the Rio Grande. And our friend Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. Now all of you skunks, clear out of here. And go over to RockinThatIDLife.com. Uh, so, comment from Ken Morris. Uh, he says, it's on my bucket list to attend a Blues game. Not too many Blues fans in Nova Scotia. I've been a Blues fan since 1968. Mostly Habs, Leafs, Bruins, and Penguins fans in Nova Scotia. Um, did, what was the terrible way I pronounced uh, geographically? What, whatever I said earlier. What Geo- is the blo- geograph- Whatever I said. 
Um, it's. Uh, I wonder what the closest team for him would be in Nova Scotia. Would that be Montreal? It's, it's either Montreal or Boston. Okay. So, uh, Ken, question for you. Have you seen a Blues game in Montreal or Boston or anywhere else? Um, and, yes, if you ever do make your way down here, please let us know. We'd be happy to meet up with you at Center Ice for a drink before or after a game and hang out for a bit. Austin Lynch says, hey, Jeffrey, and hello, Curtis. I guess he's, like, snubbing Bill. Yep. Uh, and, and Billy Boy. And there it is. Billy Boy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, by the way, Jeffrey is spelled R-E-Y. My name is not Jeff Ury. So ah, I take offense. It's Jeff, it's Jeff Ray. Yes. Or as some people call me, Joffrey. Joffrey. That's yep. G-E-O-F. Well, right. it's actually uh, because of Lupul, Joffrey Lupul. It's actually J-O-F-F-R-E-Y. Oh, I thought it was G-O-F-F like after the Toys R Us draft. No, sir. Because that is Jeffrey with a G-E-O. That is true. Which is a weird way to spell it. It's the Canadian <clears throat> way. Is it? Is that Canadian? I don't know. I just Most Canadians, oh, no. that's how they spell it, so I imagine. I was... Maybe it's like <laughs> English? I don't know. No, I mean, Canadians spell Jeffrey G-U-Y. Hey, guy. Hey, gay. <laughs> guy. I'm a gay. Gee. Gee. They pronounce it gee. Uh, hey, so, hey, not, I'm not your buddy, guy. The uh, the Blues uh, start the season on Saturday night versus the hated Colorado Avalanche. Uh, is it safe to say that that they're our biggest rival right now since they're, they're the team to beat in the division? I mean, it's no question. I mean, uh, you still got a lot of hatred towards the Blackhawks just because of I'm some not of the saying, names on the roster. Yeah, I, I'm not but saying I, the I, Hawks aren't a hated rival, but yeah, Colorado a, is like it's it's that's a big deal that get. Well, I mean, and you have to wonder coming the other way with Brandon Saad joining the Blues, mm-hmm. if that sparks any kind of rivalry. Like, hey, that dude switched sides on us. Um, I don't know. That's a. I would say probably. I, I think had we gone back to the uh, divisions we had last season, I would say Vegas probably. I think there was a lot yeah. of hatred towards Vegas last year. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, Colorado I, for sure. I, it's a shame Grubauer is not there. And by the way, it was fun watching him lose his first game with his new team. Fuck that guy. It was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> Still want to punch that guy. But even though uh, I wanted, even though I wanted Seattle to win, I, I, uh, I did too. I, don't, I don't like Vegas, but uh, right. it was really, I was really conflicted. About uh, wanting Grubauer to look bad, which he did early, and then oh, uh, yeah. wanting uh, Seattle to win, so it was, it was weird. Yep, but no, it's. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Though. I think Colorado's probably Finstone your rival. Turnover. Yeah, he had. Oh, that was that one was terrible. Yeah, he had a rough game, and he had a, he had a few of them. He, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, it was not. It's it's like the. I think I tweeted out something about living and dying with with Vince Dunn. You know, the ups are the highs can be high, but the lows can be awful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just I mean, it's just what you get. Somebody else commented too. I didn't look up the stats that you know uh, that's what you get when you start Vince Dunn in uh, for uh, when you line him up for a defense zone faceoff. He goes in St. Louis. We didn't do that. And I said I, I knew that, but I, I didn't look at the stats as far as like how many times he lined up for a defensive zone faceoff in that game. So I, I assume that he did uh, more than he would have here. So what's where the comment came from? For sure. <clears throat> for sure. Uh, new faces on the Blues this season. We got Brandon Saad, Steve Bushnevich. Uh, <laughs> I told you. I told you. It's you have Steve Bushnevich. It's that. Where do you get Steve? 
I don't know. Who's Steve? <laughs> what is Steve? And got Steve Neal. As soon as I said it, I'm like, well, that sounds weird. Why does it sound weird? <laughs> I corrected Pavel. it in the, uh, in the outline. Yeah. Even. yeah well, yeah. Pavel Buchnevis. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I think we got a new nickname, folks. Steve Buchnevich. I don't know where that's Steve. I don't know where Steve came from. Huh. Uh, and we got Steve Neal and Steve Neighbors. <laughs> uh, James Neal. Uh, who made the team after being invited to a uh, camp on a, on a PTO and uh, the 2020 first round draft pick, Jake neighbors who can play nine games before a decision uh, needs to be made on whether he will remain with the blues or return to juniors. So I uh, think simply, sorry to jump in, but I think simply with that stat in mind, uh, you know, if this were a team that didn't have aspirations going deep in the playoffs, Maybe you consider, I mean, he unless he completely blows away the Blues in his nine-game tryout, uh, I think unless he does that, I think he's pretty much going to be going down no matter what, back to juniors, yeah, I, just because his team is so loaded. Um, well, and I and I know they want to give guys like, uh, um, uh, I almost said Jake Brown, but... Uh, Costin. Well, Costin, but Logan Brown... <laughs> Logan and Brown. and a couple of those other guys, I know they want to give them looks too. So um, I don't know. Unless there's injuries, unless he blows them away, I think we'll see him gone after nine games. But I'm I'm well, very excited to see what he can do. Well, the thing with with his nine game uh, essential nine game max tryout uh, is that Sunquist was put on the LTIR right to start the season, so he has to be out at least ten games. Right. So when he comes back. You know, and you you think neighbors probably won't play nine straight. If if he plays nine games, it won't be nine straight. You think Costin will come in right. a couple of times. Yeah, you think they'll be switching people out. So, so by the time Sunquist is ready to come back, or at least according uh, for LTIR standards, and they say he'll be back in November. So ten games would put us. I didn't look at the schedule uh, in November at some point. So probably. So um, I uh, is it? I'll pull it up. But anyway, it'll be close. So. It's possible that when Sunquist comes back, then uh, neighbors get sent down. So we'll see. Uh, the uh, forwards, uh, we've got 14 forwards on the uh, roster out of camp. we got the, the lines of it in practice have been uh, on the first line, Saad, O'Reilly, and Perron. Second line, Kairou, Shen, and Bushnevich. Uh, Steve Bushnevich. Uh, that's going to be a thing all season, <laughs> Steve. It will be. I don't know why I put Steve down. <laughs> and I read it too. <laughs> I read it and I was like, what? Yeah. what? But I'm going to then... enter you into the next um, John of the Jersey Fairy giveaway, and you're going to win a Steve Bushnevich jersey. Yeah, S. Dot Bushnevich. Completely spell out Steve. Right. I'm sure there was a Steve Bushnevich somewhere in some European league that I'm just, that's why it's in my head. Third line, uh, Neil Thomas and Tarasenko. Uh, fourth line, neighbors, Bozak and Barbashev. And the extras were Clifford and Costin. Um, and we mentioned uh, Sunquist is starting the season on LTIR. Um, so okay, my, my initial – so these lines, I think, have the potential to be quite deep. Uh, we don't have like – I mean, we don't have the – like the kick-ass 
top line, like the 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 elite of the elite, a uh, couple guys, you know, on the top line, uh, top five players in NHL kind of stuff. But I think top to bottom, I think the the first line I like a lot. Second line could be very good. Uh, third line, if Neil plays well, that could be an awesome third line. Um, and then neighbors, depending on how he plays, you know, and Bozak, Bozak and Barbership mm-hmm. on the fourth line, that's solid. Um, and then when Sunquist comes back, he's on the fourth line. So that's Sunquist, Bozak, and Barbashev. Yep. That's a nice fourth line too. I, I love our forward depth. I really do. I do too. And and that was something that uh, I was reading earlier from, I think somebody was posting on Twitter about it, um, that maybe the top end talent is better elsewhere that, mm-hmm. you know, Colorado, the, the Golden Knights, <laughs> You know, they've got those top end super scores that, you know, we used to think Tarasenko was and maybe he still is. We'll we'll get into that, I'm sure. But um, the Blues top to bottom have so much depth. And, and it's a reminder of that 2019 team when it was any line can beat you. Yeah, your fourth line of Barbashev, Steen and <clears throat> Sunquist. Was that the fourth line? Um. Yeah, they they may not uh, yes. be they may not be a first line anywhere else, but on a bad team, they're a second line, you know, and they're a fourth line on the Blues, you know. So it's like any team, any of these lines can strike, and I I, I agree, man. That Neil Thomas Tarasenko line that'll be the line to watch because you got um, yeah. Neil and Tarasenko who can shoot the puck, Thomas who can dish it, um, and Neil, Neil goes to the net, the net too. too, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So. <laughs> We got to stop hanging out. <laughs> oh my god! Owe me a coke. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm super excited about this lineup. Uh, Bill, what are uh, what are your thoughts? You see any weaknesses anywhere? Yeah, I so <clears throat> looking at looking at um, the lines as they're laid out here. Um, I I. I think you're right, Kurt, about neighbors only getting nine games, and it's they're going to be interspersed. But they've already got them, you know. So my introduction to Jake Neighbors was the Chicago game that was on ESPN Plus a couple weeks ago, right? Preseason game, let the you know let the kid play on the top line, and he produced. He looked very well there. They're not going to put him on the top line going into the season. They're going to make him earn it. It's it's a Baruby team, you know. It's this, you know. Hey, hey, Ken Hitchcock is still a consultant with this team, so you can't let the rookie be on the top two lines. You've got to start him on the fourth line. Um, you know that that's good. You know you want to you want to try to steep him in in the the right way to play the game, but I I don't think it's he's going to be very successful there. Um, Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll see how he does. But uh, I think he, he'd be better suited playing up. Um, I don't like having Tarasenko and Neil on the same line. I, I think that that's uh, um, not enough defensive responsibility um, and putting it all on Robert Thomas, basically. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I think there's some speed issues there, too. Um, it's going to make I, Thomas I, I love what. Right. I, I feel like Thomas he slacked is, a lot last year. I think it'll make him work a little harder. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to have to, but is it going to push him so far out of his comfort zone, you know, that, that he's going to be less effective? I hope not, because 
you know, I'm, I'm my my uh, asinine prediction last year of Hoffman forty goals was based on his early chemistry with uh, Thomas. Thomas is a great setup man. He yep. has such great vision, and you put him with an elite scorer like Tarasenko if Tarasenko's back and healthy a hundred percent like uh, everybody's saying he is. That's great. I just don't think James Neal's the guy to play on that line. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, whether it would be better to have a sod there and, you know, put Neal on the second line and Bushnevich on the first line. I, I don't know. I mean, and these are, these are just preliminary, you know, and could be, you know, you know, completely mixed up by the end of the first period come Saturday night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so you know the, what? The what long term, I was just gonna. My last thought on the the lineup, the long term fourth line with Barbashev, Sunfist, and Bozak. I love it. That that yeah. is that is the the veteran with the two workhorses that has always thrived for the St. Louis Blues. I like it. What do I mean? Obviously, so this this. The, the depth here of the four, we're going to roll four lines, right? And I think, you know, assuming the Blues make the playoffs, and you know, a lot, there's a lot of predictions out there, a lot of media outlets that have the Blues missing the playoffs, by the way. But so let's, let's so I think rolling these four lines is, makes this team, I would say, more of a playoff team than maybe a regular season team, uh, just as far as the wearing down the other team and rolling four lines idea goes. But I think, you know, you're going to see different configurations with these lineups, with these lines. Uh, you're going to see Thomas on the second line. You're going to see Thomas with Kairou and Bushnevich, which I think is very interesting. Uh, I, and I think this, the, the, the depth of the forward group that we have allows for a lot of mixing and matching. So, yeah. I mean, we all know that, I mean, Lines nowadays get mixed and matched a lot more than they did 25, 30, 40 years ago. But you're, I think you might see even more of it this year because of the, of the quality of the forward group as far as like trying to find uh, the right chemistry. You can mix and match a lot of these components. I mean, hell, when Sunquist comes back, I mean, you could play. He's, he's anywhere in the bottom six, maybe in a pinched second line. Uh, you know, Thomas can play anywhere. On the top three lines, uh, Tarasenko's. I mean, if he's playing well, he's anywhere in the top three lines. Bushnevich too. Uh, I, I, there's so, so many different uh, uh, lines you can come up with here that might look good. So this is going to be interesting to see what they go with, especially like halfway through the first period when he, when Ruby changes stuff up. Well, and it was uh, I think it was two years ago when uh, people were I can't remember exactly who the player was, but there was somebody who was playing on was technically on the third line for the blues. It might've been Robert Thomas. I can't remember. And people were complaining and were upset and saying, well, what the hell? Like this guy shouldn't be a third line player. I think it, and then the thing we said, which I think uh, uh, contributes to this now is that he's any of these lines can be your first line. Any of your top three lines there. Um, It's not going to be a matter of, well, the first line is Sato, Riley, and Perron. They're going to be out there for the last minute of the game. They're going to be out there for the power play. They're going to be out there in every situation we need a goal. No, because you could also throw out Kairou, Shen, and Buchnevich. 
uh, Neil Thomas and Tarasenko. Any of these lines could be your first line. It's it's and that's again the the beauty of this team, at least going into the season, is the depth this team has. It's not just about a top heavy top six or top three. You've got four lines that you can put out there. I mean, even that fourth line you can put out there if you're if they're having a good game and it's like this line's going to score a damn goal. This isn't a twist Eastwood chase line. This is a this is a line <laughs> that you can throw out there at any situation and still expect to maybe pot twist, a goal. Twist Eastwood and chase. That's the oh first line that came to mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's <Ooh>. terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you say we did win a cup with that team, huh? You say no? Crazy, really? huh? Huh? Go nah, figure. Crazy. The hell you say? Huh. Seemed good at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, different era too. No, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that with this team, you know, that the you guys are right. You know, the the top six or the the top nine really are are interchangeable. And I think, you know, that what we have here on on our outline is the top line, Saad, O'Reilly, and Perron. I think that O'Reilly and Perron are penciled in together, you know, and then you somebody's going to be interchangeable. And those are the guys that you're going to have out there to shut down the McKinnon line, right? The the other team's top line. They're, that's that's what their job's going to be, is to counter them and provide some offense. And then I think you got to get the scoring from the other two. Right, the, the consistent scoring. You expect O'Reilly and Perron to, to light it up, especially Perron on the power play. But I think really what what the focus on this team and the success on this team is, you know, if you get balanced scoring, uh, you know, what you have to worry about is the D, right? And are is the D going to be better than it was last year? Is Pareko healthy? You know, is is he going to be an effective elite shutdown defenseman? And you know that that's really, I think, where the the questions lie. Um, so, shall we get into the D? Uh, yeah, let's get into the D. Um, I love the D. Uh, oh, the, you, the big D uh, mm-hmm. got seven defensemen uh, on the roster. Scandella and Pareko were penciled in at practice as the top pairing. Krug and Falk were pairing number two, and Wallman and Bartuzzo uh, were the third pairing in practice. Uh, the extra was Mikola. So um, I think a lot of people – and this – okay, so our defensive core, I think, is where a lot of the um, – if, if you look at a lot of the predictions from the media outlets across the league, uh, they'll mention the Blues defense as uh, a big weakness because they didn't do anything to change it from last season and it struggled last year. Um, I don't think that they're really thinking about it. I mean, okay. So yes, the defense did struggle last year. It needs to be better. However, I don't think it's a stretch at all to think that they will be better Mm -hmm. because a huge portion of why the defense struggled last season with, because we essentially didn't have Pareko, our, our number one defenseman. So if you take the number one defenseman off of any team in NHL, that's going to drastically affect their defense. Mm-hmm. So when we did at Preco, he was a shell of what he was before. He played better late in the year, but he was he had back issues. It was a problem. So it was he was it was nothing like he should have been. 
Um, Falk had a good year. Uh, Krug, his first year here, was not great. Um, I thought Wallman looked great in limited time last year. I th- I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays this year if he's given a true third pairing spot. Um, Bertuzzo for me is kind of he's a he's a warm body, a big guy, right? He's like he's like our toughness on the team. Yeah, on defense, um, great. Kinda, <laughs> so Kurt, Bill, I think okay. Here's an issue we have. Uh, this show is terrible, and it's because we we agree too much. We we don't argue. <laughs> um, there's there's too much agreeing going on because everything you said, hundred uh, percent. The thing that I'll add about Wallman uh, is well, yeah. I'll start with Wallman. Um, I love the fact that we're going to see him in an 82 game season. Uh, I think had they had he have played the way he played down the stretch and started the year with the Blues last year, not saying it would have fixed all fixed all of the defensive problems, but I think it would have helped um, them losing Gunnarsson so early on. I think hurt them more than people realize. They really kind of relied on him to be that veteran presence back there. Uh, I I don't know, man. I I feel like Jake Wallman could have a very good season this year, and if he continues where he left off, that right there is an upgrade on defense because he's young. He's only going to get better. So, you know, right there, I I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I like Mikola too. Uh, Me too. I, I just, I, I think he, he needs to be more consistent, but I really like what he has to bring. Um, Scandella, you know, um, I don't know. I think, uh, if Perunovic, which, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, thought that maybe he should have made the team out of camp, um, but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has yet to play a full season as mm-hmm. a professional. Yeah. So, correct, correct. You yeah, are correct. I mean, so he really, it probably would be seasoning. To, yes, yeah. he needs to play, I mean, a good chunk of the season. And that's what, uh, Lou Korak said when he came on with Bill and I, right. Uh, was that he? Somebody asked him, um, "Do you think Perunovic starts is with the team?" I said yes, and he said yes too. But uh, he was saying more. He's going to get called up. They need him to play yeah. minutes in the AHL. And mm-hmm. and once he said that, I was like, "Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. I can see that. Like, get him top pairing minutes in the AHL. Let him get the conditioning in, and then maybe you bring him up. Uh, you know, first sign of injury on the defense." Yeah, I, I think I think if he if he plays well, you know, in the AHL, I and I think if uh, and I think that opens the door to possibly trading, waving Scandella, possibly you know I, I and that would free right. up a few million dollars. So that's that's a that I mean, assuming he would get claimed, he would not, I don't think, but uh, you could you could manage that uh, aspect of it. So I think that's a that's a big. That's a big question mark too, because if he does play well enough in the NHL, and if he does transition well into the NHL, which is a a huge question mark. Let's be honest; he's never played in a real NHL game, so you don't know what you're going to get uh, in that respect. But uh, if he does transition well, then that's a whole different because uh, he's a very good player. Um, that's a whole, and that hurts the size, I guess, of our defense by by adding him and taking out Bertuzzo or Scandella. Um, but still, I'd rather have skill over size any day. 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's more likely that you would see uh, Scandella get played out by um, by Wallman and and Mikola. Um, yeah. Than Perunovic, I, I think Perunovic is when it's Perunovic's time. Scandella is not going to be here anymore, right? That he's 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 right now got to be. So, you know, Bortuzzo, what he's got going for him is, you know, besides being you know such a, a popular guy in the locker room, um, big right-handed defenseman, and you know we need you know, they want to have that righty-lefty matchup all the way through. Um, but he, you know, say he gets injured, gets suspended, whatever. Um, you know, you you will see Wallman and Mikola playing together. Eventually, I would like to see Wallman playing with Pareko. I think both of them are such great skaters, and if they can get some chemistry and know whose turn it is to go and who's going to cover, I I think they could be they could turn into something really dynamic. Um, yep. but for now, you know, that, you know, Scandello was basically brought here to be, um, as much a fill in for Bo Meester as you could get, right. Yep. Big lanky stay at home defenseman has a decent stick when he uses it. Right. Um, you know, not, not nearly as good a skater as Bo Meester was, but you know, once Bo Meester got healthy again, um, but you know, he, he was also the guy that had, you know, it was it was a steal uh, to Montreal when we traded picks for him because you know Montreal got him for basically nothing, um, you know from Buffalo. So it was just a, a great swap for them. I mean, he he had such Scandella had such a great start with the Blues, and just last year wasn't great. And uh, maybe he steps up this year, but I I just I really think that the future is not with him. So. Well, I'll disagree. Then let's maybe the show is getting better now because I'm going to disagree a bit, a bit <laughs> with Bill. Um, I, I, you know what, I will agree. At the start of the season, I thought Scandella looked awful, and I was saying, "Man, come on! Like, I don't care about injuries. Give a kid a chance. Bring somebody up who can take his role. He's not looking good." I thought down the stretch when the Blues got better, he got a lot better. I thought defensively. He picked his game up. He was cutting down passing lanes, and I thought he was looking better offensively too, and and not just in terms of in the offensive zone, but moving the puck up, starting the rush, um, understanding where his forwards are going to be during a rush. Uh, I just loved the way that he skated the puck up, and he just looked better. He's not he's not the skater Bo Meester was. He's not the skater that Pareko is or Wallman, but. I liked his game uh, going down the stretch last year. Uh, won't mention the playoffs because I didn't like most people's games in the playoffs. But um, no, I, I thought he looked fine. So it'll be interesting. I agree with you, though, Bill, in the sense that a Wallman Pareko uh, line sounds amazing to me. Um, I think, and I've the, the the biggest thing that I've bitched about with the Blues defense lately has been size. Um, that second pairing scares me, honestly, simply because of size. Now, the good news there is both Krug and Falk are good skaters, and they'll they can cover ice with the sense of they're fast. And, they can and they're still physical the spots, and they're, they're they still don't have the size, but they're still physical. Yeah, yeah. So that my only issue though is that, and then but I'm just looking at it and saying, well, if you can balance that size with the craftier, better skaters, you know, like you said. You've got your your tall Pareko, your tall Bortuzzo. Well, if you take 
Wallman put him with Pareko. You take, you know, I'm the, I'm just spitballing here, but you take a Mikola, put him with Falk, a Krug with a Bortuzzo, whatever you do, that's balancing that size with the <clears throat> skating attributes. Well, eventually, <laughs> Perutovich, yes. But, right. but yeah, I, I think that you can, there can be changes made that'll, just in terms of pairing your players, uh, that'll make a huge difference from the defense we saw last year and the gaps that we saw. Uh, Blues fan reacts in the YouTube chat says Scandella is way overpaid. Uh, luckily, his contract has only a 17 no trade clause, as it does. Uh, so it can be moved if needed. I see uh, Scotty P getting called up at the next big D injury. Yeah, we, we talked about that. And he says Scandella makes $3.75 million for the next three. He makes $3.275 for the next three. So you're about a half million over there, I think. Um, and he says Prunovich and Wallman was a great pair in the preseason. I think this defensive core, uh, I mean, obviously there's only uh, there's six. So obviously adding a guy like Prunovich, who uh, if he lives up to what we hope he is, uh, that's a huge deal. You knock off, you know, one of the one of the the you know Robtuzo or Scandella, and you add Prunovich, and all of a sudden our defense is like, hey. This defense is pretty good. I mean, if you can you know, mix and match the way you want to, so I mean that that that's, I th- I think um, if they can, if they can, uh, uh, if if Krug has a bounce back season from last season, um, and if Scandella is just a serviceable guy, you know, like, like Bertuzzo typically is, um, I think this and, and Preco stays healthy. There's some ifs there, but they're not they're not crazy ifs either. Um, I think this is this this defense could be fine. Uh, I remember but, uh, in the I, past on this show going into a season, we would say stuff like, "Well, if this guy has a career season and this guy plays at the top of his potential, and this guy, it was always like, as long as everything clicks well, they're going to be fine." That's not this. This is yeah. Right. This is more of a if these guys can play the way we know they can. And they they find chemistry together, and we get per- proper back checking from the forwards. Then I think you're going to see a very much improved defensive team in the Blues this year. And I think uh, what you're talking about, Jeff, what we're doing here with with that kind of if they do this, if they do that, uh, that's the kind of level that most teams are at right now. They when they analyze their team before the season starts on their season previews. Um, you know, this is your expectation for this player. And if he plays up to expectations, then this is what you expect the team to do. So you always hope you're always expecting the player to play up to how you hope he can play. Right. I mean, I guess if you, if you're not thinking that way, I guess you're rather pessimistic about uh, the team. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think I look at the upside and I don't think it's an unreachable upside by any means for a lot of these players. I think, I think the team can be uh, a little better than um, some of the major media folks are saying. Uh, some have us missing the playoffs. Some have us finishing fifth, whatever. Um, I think that uh, assuming there's no major issues, injury problems, which we'll have, whatever, deal with them. But uh, I, I think if we can get, you know, have players live up to how we expect them to play, I think this team can be, uh, can be all right. Um, what else we got here? Let's see. Uh, we talked about got some good Gold comments Denny. going. 
Yeah, we oh, do. Yeah. There's a lot of talk. Let's let's hit some of his comments. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and lead off with uh, some Facebook comments here. Uh, first of all, Mary Woodruff Ponder, my wonderful mother, says, Hi, guys. Hello, Mom. Uh, Tony Chubbly, an old uh, friend of mine from high school, actually, says, uh, We have a bunch of middle six guys, first through fourth. This team isn't as heavy uh, to wear other teams down, in my opinion. I think he was talk- comparing it to the 2019 roster. Uh, Wallman Nico, uh, were new last year as well. So he was talking about when we were talking about new defensemen coming up, uh, Wallman and Nico, uh, Mikola were two new guys coming up. So yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm very excited to see their development. That's something I'm, I'm really going to be watching this year is what Wallman and Mikola do on the back end, as well as Perunovic when he gets a call up. Yeah, uh, well, and Ted- Jimmy Hallen kind of echoed that about um, not being heavy. He says this feels like this is the least gritty team the Blues have had in a while. Yeah, and, and that's that's a fair yeah. point. It is. I think. I mean, they have some. Good. As when when Sunquist comes back, it, the grit factor goes up by probably you know eighty percent. I mean, he he is he is so much sandpaper. Um, that you know, most of the rest of the lineup doesn't have. Well, yeah, and I, I think you've got guys that okay, a guy like Shen, he's a gritty guy. I mean, he's gonna he'll he'll fight every once in a while, um, and he plays with attitude. Um, yeah, Saad O'Reilly Peron Peron is more of a pest, uh, but he's actually lost that label a little bit uh, the past couple of years. He hasn't been that kind of a player as much anymore. Uh, so he's not really the sandpaper guy, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just there's not a whole lot uh, out there, which I guess uh, that's the way the league's moving towards. You don't need that, and you got Bertuzzo. So really, you have Shen and Bertuzzo, right? Essentially, and I'll yeah. tell you, Shen Shen is still someone that players don't like playing against. He's he's a oh, guy yeah, that's going to sure. forecheck every chance he gets. He's going to take open ice hits when he gets them, and. I love that, has, and, but 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 again, let's remember the way that the league is trending. The league has continued even after the Blues Cup win in 2019, is still trending towards skill and speed. And so, saying that this team is not as gritty as it used to be, yes, I know with the head coach, you still want a gritty team, but um, they've got a lot of skill. And James Neal, let's not forget Neal. If he plays right. even half the season, he's a pretty gritty guy himself. So. You know, he adds that a little bit too. Michael Leon in the YouTube chat says, guys, you guys are the best blues podcast of all time. <laughs> Which thank you, that Mike. Is amazing. That is a thank pretty you. big statement. <laughs> I appreciate that. And we have been around longer than just about any other hockey podcast out there. So Um Yeah, there's few that have stuck around. Uh Puck I'm Podcast I can think of. Uh, what? Was Puck Podcast around ten years ago? Yeah, they were around uh they started I think in 06. So they've been around okay. quite a while. All right. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, yeah, us and them, they're the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I'll add a couple comments uh, as well. Blues Fan Reacts, who uh, I think he writes over at the Hockey Writers now, if I'm uh, correct. I don't remember. Sorry, I'm terrible, but I remember that kind of stuff. He says, hey, Jeff, just wanted to let you know that your Twitter posts on your son going to his first game absolutely warmed my heart. As an autistic person myself, I get the hypersensitivity. Glad he had fun. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, you seem like you've turned out 
pretty good there. Blues fan reacts. So uh, hopefully my son follows the same path. Uh, awesome. A little less. You. Thank you for reading. A little less angry though for your son. I think. Yeah. Maybe his, he'll be his like stick more... is yelling, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he does yell a lot. Uh, although Shay does yell too, so it's okay, <laughs> a lot right. of yelling in my house. They should do a show together. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's your future co-host for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Blues fan reacts also says uh, talking about grit. Uh, without Blay, the grit isn't 100 percent there anymore. So that is we lose some, a little bit of grit there. Uh, Clifford, yeah, but Clifford's not going to be playing. A lot, you know. I could no. What I, I he, once every three, four, five games, no, maybe. I, I think he'll be the guy that replaces neighbors in the lineup, and that's that's what you know. That's what I look forward to bitching about in the you know in like two weeks. If how with, how Clifford's getting San- two games to neighbors is one. I got to ask you guys: with Sanford gone, the new whipping boy for the team, it's got to be either Clifford or Scandella, right? You can't ask that question because I asked that question on Twitter and uh, I was jumped all over because like 30 minutes prior, apparently Leah had asked that same question. Oh. (laughs) And because I blocked her, I didn't see it. (laughs) Oh. Well, what was the answer to her? Does anybody know? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't follow her, but I just, it was so, but anyway, it is a legit question. Uh, Blues fan reacts says it's Scandella, hundred percent. Um, I don't, uh, and it's just completely implausible Maybe. that two people have the same thought independently of one another. Oh, I know. Yeah, I saw the question a lot. Actually, it's a, it's a totally legit thing. But I, uh, yeah, Scandella is up there. Um, Tarasenko, if he struggles, he's up there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let me look at the get in front of me here. Um, oh, I tell you what, uh, Krug. Krug, if Krug does not, if Krug struggles, he's up there. Yeah, but I think even with if he struggles a little bit, I don't see him being at the level of Clifford or Scandella. I don't. Although know. Falk so did money. reach that level pretty quickly two years ago. Well, that yeah. Well, Krug makes a lot of money, so that's yeah. that's that's plays into it because he's gonna. Yeah. It's not just if he's struggling. It's not just that he's struggling. It's that he's struggling, and we're paying him was it six and a half mil. Her or something like that. Look it up. Uh, Krug is uh, uh, six and a half. Yeah, yeah, six and a half. So, so uh, real quick, I want to read a, a couple of real comments. But Austin Lynch says, "Hey, Ponder's wonderful mother." And then over on Facebook, he adds, "Hey, Mrs. Ponder, uh, Austin, you know, it's getting to a point. I don't want you talking to my mom anymore. So, so back off." Um, mom to college. <laughs> Uh, Say hi to your mom for me. We got a great comment here from Andrew Picorni, uh, which I think is a new live listener. He that says, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, intently listening. Uh, so how about that, guys? We are number one blues podcast in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tuscaloosa. Yeah, the, sure where elephants uh, have. Yeah, he has, I think. You're right. Now that I say that. But hey. I was going to make like happy, loose happy to have you. Joke, Get it loose tooth, Tuscaloosa. Uh, and he also asks us, which I don't know if you guys want to get nice. into this now or if you want to respond later. <laughs> no, says really. thoughts thoughts on the ESPN and Turner coverage thus far. Uh, we'll actually cover that in uh, in a bit after we talk about uh, some goaltending uh, here. And there you uh, go. Stay tuned. Boston Central. So yeah, we'll, we will get to that. It is on the. And we can't go jumping around because we'll get all confused. 
God <laughs> knows that happens to us all the time. We are right. old. Uh, so, I did and then throw the my back out sneezing earlier. Yeah, that was, that, you know what? That's not as bad as throwing your back out when you lean forward to take a bite of cereal. Yes. Which happened to my friend in college uh, that he threw his back out leaning forward to take a bite of cereal and he just froze. Uh! Yep. And that's, that's, that's what I mean. I sneezed and, and I was in the bathroom and my wife just heard me go, uh, uh, oh God. Oh God! And like it's that moment where they come up from the bathroom, from the bathroom. like, oh and yeah. And so she's like, I heard, her even, I heard her even say to my son, she goes, "Uh oh, what did Daddy do?" <laughs> yeah. Well, when you hear grunting and oh 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 from yeah. the bathroom, who yep. knows what's going on in there? Yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> now, it, when you said you walk into when, a mess, when you said uh, uh, reaching forward to take a bite of cereal, I thought you were going to make the Dustin Penner reference. Uh, leaning forward to take a bite pancakes. of pancakes. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, NHL player know. did that. I I love that. I thought I thought it was funny how he played that off. He they they even had oh. like a pancakes for Penner like charity <laughs> run or something. It was it was hilarious. I was I was on the floor with my, my I don't know how old my son was, maybe eight months old or so, ten months old, and I was on the floor with him playing, and I was on my back, and he was on my, uh, laying next to me. And I just reached over and picked him up and, and kind of put him in my chest. Didn't think anything of it at the time. And then I got up like a, a minute or two later. I'm like, Oh my gosh, my back. And then it just got progressively exponentially worse over the next hour and a half. And I could barely walk to my car to drive myself to the ER. It was a mess. So I, I, I didn't think I did much, but sometimes it just does not take much. And that was like, God, that was like 10 years ago. Jeez. Well, and that's the thing too. Like I had a recently, uh, I mentioned on last week that my, my ankle, uh, had been hurt, um, playing hockey. I think I had turned wrong or something. It was literally, I didn't feel much pain at all until I stepped out of the shower, like an hour and a half later. And like, <laughs> I literally stepped out and just crumbled to the floor and was like, ah, it was like, what the hell? Like, what was that about? And it was the same thing on my back. You know, maybe I did something a week ago. Mm. But it just took me sneezing to completely throw it out. Bill, were you at the game where I strained ligaments in my knee at the hockey game at, at, at the ballpark? Because I, I so. Okay, I was. Yeah, this is, and this was. This is we're talking about park, not uh, way to. No, no, ball, no, not ballpark. Right? Oak Hill. Sorry, Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Oak Hill. Not ballpark. Yeah, I don't know why I said ballpark. Uh, but so I'm. Uh, and this is in reference to like delayed knowing you're hurt kind of a thing. So I'm in front of the goal slap shot. Might've been bill taking a shot. I don't know. Slap shot from the point. I deflect it. I score. Oh, I'm sorry. So before the shot, I get knocked down from behind and I go down on uh, one knee, get back up, deflect shot, score, go to the bench. When I go to, to pick my leg up to go over the boards, it just mm -hmm. I was instantly instant pain. It was the weight of my skate and the bottom half of my leg just, you know, on the knee that just like, yeah, you tore, you tore something or you strained something uh, when you got knocked down. And I didn't know it, had no idea at the time until I skated to the bench about, I don't know, 15 seconds later. And, yeah, that, that sucked. I was out of commission. I was not 100% for like six months. I couldn't squat fully for a year. Um, did, I kept playing, though, which was not smart. Yep. But, uh, that was that's <laughs> Mike and I talked about and, that on the show last week. We were I didn't in our game. 20s then. I know. Yeah. I didn't do miss that game. today, and you're you're gonna miss a week of work. 
And it's oh, yeah. likely right. why we don't play. I'm laid up in bed with my foot on top of a pillow. I'm I'm not lying yeah. to you guys. I, I, I think I told you this already. I literally, if you've noticed, I haven't moved much. It's because I cannot, if I move even an inch, I mm-hmm. will start going in pain. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to work tomorrow when I even have to start like typing more because I feel like that's going to happen. What about, have you tried like heat or ice or anything? It's supposed to be ice, I think, for the first day, which I, I did put a little on before the show started. Um, and then I'm supposed to alternate heat and ice for like the next four days. Did you uh, yeah. rub some dirt on it? I did not do that. Because <laughs> I hear get you. Some get some leaves. Get some leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Brian Regan reference. Awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh, Jeff, I'm sure. Enough of the old med stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I'll. Exactly, I'll... Right. Old men God, hurt. we're so old. We talk about our injuries. I remember real quick. I know we said we were going to get many tangents tonight. Oh, but no I remember more real quick. A, a couple, a, a couple, <laughs> a couple years ago, I was out with some friends for a birthday, and we we had about six or seven uh, guys together. We all had a couple beers, and I realized for twenty minutes we were sitting around talking about our injuries. One guy talks about how he had hernia. Another guy talks about like, oh yeah, I had hernia too, and then I broke my ankle because I stepped on my kid's toy and like all these stories started kids. coming out about our injuries and how old we are. And I finally just looked around at the table and I just go, how fucking old are we? When did this happen? <laughs> like we're literally sitting here talking about ailments. We used to talk about, you know, meeting girls at bars and stuff. No more. Those days are long gone. You know what I found uh, getting a little older is that uh, when you when you hurt yourself and you end up bruising, the bruise doesn't happen right away. Like it doesn't when you're younger. When oh, you're yeah. younger, you get you get the bruise starts to show up almost right away, like or within an hour uh, or two. But now it's like, oh, that hurt. That's gonna bruise. Three days later, the yep. bruise shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah. What's the, where's the what's the science behind that? How does that work? Yeah, I will say the the worst bruise I ever got from playing hockey, I took a slap shot off the shoulder from the guy that had the heaviest and fastest slap shot ever, Chris Dillo. Grew up I've playing with him in Cahokia. Yeah. And, man, his shot was killer. And he spun me like a top in one of our CBC practices. And, you know, like – completely knocked me out, knocked the wind out of me. And like afterwards I'm expecting to see a big purple bruise and like, no, there's a little spot there. Three weeks later, it was bright <laughs> green. Like oh it was God. such a deep bruise. It was, it was God awful. And this has been the old that. man injury segment brought to you by BioFreeze, <laughs> our future sponsor. <laughs> I was going to say Ben Gay. <laughs> I have I have a biofreeze packet from uh, like a half marathon I did in the, the, the giveaway bag or something. I, yeah. I have not used it. Probably should. Uh, anyway, okay, goaltending with the Blues uh, uh, to round out the uh, the our thoughts. Uh, Bennington and Huso unchanged from last year. Um, I think. Uh, okay, so is is Bennington underrated? Because I think a lot of uh, or is the uh, skepticism with him warranted that you see so much from uh, from people that you know he hasn't you know no. uh, recaptured his 2019 uh, season uh, stats 
is so is he underrated or is the question mark other question marks around him valid first of all um i'll just say this sorry blues fans you're gonna hate to hear this but i think the realists understand 100 percent and agree with me he's never going to recapture his 20 or recapture his 2019 form it's not going to happen uh that was one of the most magical runs by a goaltender we'll ever see uh that's that's just that's not the type of goalie he is. That's not the type of goalie most goalies are. Uh, you can't keep that pace up for your entire career. That's a if he would playing the way he played in 2019, he's a Hall of Fame goalie already. Um, that's is this a not the case. Is this a prediction? No, kind of. He's not that. Because he's. I want. I want. I want. I want to compare Bill's prediction for Hoffman last year with your prediction for. Bennington this year because Bill was Bill was uh, off base with Hoffman, and I'm hoping you're off base. I'm hoping Bennington throws no, up an under two no, no, GA no, no, this no. season. No, no, you let me finish. Let, can <laughs> okay. I finish? All, can I finish? All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go Ross. Go ahead. Okay, I'm finished. No, I. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Uh, I actually think Jordan Bennington's going to have a hell of a season. Um, I, again, I don't think he's going to recapture the the 2019 form, but. I think he's going to have a great season back there. I uh, we we all remember. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the Boston. It was, of course it was a Boston article that came out after the playoffs last year that about how the Blues lost and Bennington was awful because look at his numbers and we re- we talked about it on the show. Um, and uh, the Boston reporter said something like, "Unfortunately for the Blues, they're stuck with him for another six years," and you know yeah. his contract just started. And it was like, no. Yeah, his numbers were terrible. He got swept in the playoffs by a very good offensive team. Yes, his numbers are going to look awful for those four games, but he was spectacular. Yeah, against the yeah, he, he was yeah, he was amazing. In the playoffs. He was spectacular he was in the playoffs. Yeah. He he was by far the Blues' best player. He was the only guy who didn't look like he was out of gas by the time the playoffs started. Um, I I think he's going to uh, bounce back. No, I don't want to say bounce back. I think he was fine last year. I don't think there was any issues. The reason he's hated across the league, even by media, is his personality. Oh. Yeah, People don't like seeing a strong personality in a goalie for whatever or reason. Cocky. Or hot. Some yeah, we all say we want some it, but most cocky. people don't. It's bullshit. Some say borderline asshole. Uh, you know, but it's, I love it. I, it. I, I do too. No, no. It. I agree. We mm. talked about it. I agree with I know. You. I no, no, no. Love... I know you and Bill both agree. I I'm that's just why I that... love playing in front of Bill. <laughs> because I Bill want the, and, and honestly, my ice hockey goalie <laughs> is the same way. He is so cocky. The one of the first times I ever played, because I played a bunch of roller with him. And then the first time I, I played ice with him, he fucking dominated. I walk into the locker room and I go, damn, Dave, I didn't know you could play like that. And he goes, you've never played ice with me. And I'm like, that's a damn good response. I like that. You know, and it's like, that's what I want. I love the swagger, the cockiness. And that's what Bennington brings to the locker room. And I love it. I love him for it. He's going to have a hell of a season. I can't wait to see what he does. Bill is Bennington overrated. Or underrated, sorry. Um, he's yes and no. I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think the the expectations have been way too high um, after twenty nineteen. Um, you know that you're right. That run 
that happens once in a career. Um, I think he's a solid goalie, right? I, I think that, um, you know, he's he, he is number one caliber goalie, but he's not top 10 in the league right now. I think he can get there. I think he could probably be top five. He's not there yet. I think he's top um, Yeah. I think he's just I, outside I, top 10. Just outside. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. But the one number that I couldn't get past last year, he didn't deliver a single shutout. Right. And yeah, in 2019, he was a shutout machine. And last year, he just he couldn't do it. The Blues' first shutout came in the final game by Billy Huso. Yeah, right. right. And yeah. and that you know, bringing up Huso, so Bennington's got to be the guy, right? I have I don't have faith that Huso's ready. You know, at this point, I I think we're stuck with him because of the salary salary cap situation. Um, yeah. If Bennington's hurt, I think this team's in in big trouble. I, I agree with you. I I I don't think enough people are talking about Huso. I think I think Huso could be fine, based on how he finished last year. He could have turned a corner at the end of last season. Maybe it's possible. Right. But, hoping hoping that shutout is a springboard for this year. Well, he, his last three or four starts were better, but I I I, I think yes, he he did he played very well the last two games. I think it was. But he, but that's a really, really fucking small sample size uh, for his already small sample size career to be, you know, like not worried about him as a as a goalie in the NHL if Bennington gets hurt for a month or six weeks. It's just I I I mean Bennington's been pretty durable so far, um, but he hasn't played a full season in the NHL either a full 82 game schedule. So there's that. But I, I just, I'm, I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like you said, Bill, if anything gets hurt and he's out for any length of time, significant, we're in that. I mean, that's one area where we're not okay in my mind. I think starting wise, like you said, we're fine. I think Bennington is a fine goalie, 10, top 10, 12 for me right now. Uh, and he, and like you said, Jeff, I think he could have a very good year. Um, if things fall right, but man, if he gets hurt, I, what do you do? You sign, I, you know what? Do you say Dubnik? I don't know, <laughs> man. I gotta say, I think this team is, or this franchise is pretty sold on Colton Ellis. Um, yeah, but what if he gets hurt? What if, what if anything gets hurt? We a month. What I'm season? saying is, we what I'm saying is, we've we saw. I don't remember. I wish I could remember what team it was. Somebody got hurt in the playoffs. One was maybe it was Washington. And uh, their their starting goalie got hurt, and they started their AHL goalie the next game, their AHL starter, only because they were like, well, this guy has been starting every game, so he's a little more game ready than the backup was, uh, whoever it was at the time. And again, I could be wrong on the team, but I feel like that was Washington. Was that that was that was when Holpe went down and Samsonov was the backup, and they went maybe. to. They went to the AHL guy, or maybe. maybe Samsonov was the AHL guy. I can't remember who it was, but I, I want to say it was Washington. But either way, I'm just saying that uh, you might see that situation. You might see Bennington go down. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. But if it does, and they might say, you know what, let's give Colton Ellis a shot um, because I think this franchise pretty sold on him, and they're just waiting for his 
next step in development, and then all of a sudden he's he, the number two on the depth chart. So he I, is twenty seven. So he's Ellis? been around. Yeah, he's been yeah. around. Yeah, but they so they seem pretty happy with him. He was a okay, pretty late I, cut too. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying. I I mean, would you, would you so you'd go who's if Bennington's out for six eight weeks with a torn something uh, or two months? Uh, you're you think that they would go Huso as a number one or split time with Huso and Ellis? I think well, you'd have to you have to hand the it, think, depending on what I, time I of the year would, it is. If I it's if it's a playoff run and it's like late March, maybe you have a question there. But I think any other time of the year, it's got to be it's got to be your number two. It's got to be Huso. I, I think they'd absolutely sign Dubnik. You think so? If he's still available, I think they would absolutely do that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I mean, based on the expectations for this team, not that the expectations are, uh, you know, uh, President's Trophy or anything, because um, no one's given them that. But uh, you know, expectations are playoffs, and hopefully they can make a deep run. And I don't, I don't think you're doing that at all. With, uh, I mean, you could. I mean, they could do it. With Huso, I mean, it's possible, right? <laughs> Bennington came up and he he ran the table in nineteen, so anything's possible. But I just don't think that I think if Dubnik's available, not that he's a good option, but I think he's better. Uh, at least he's a he's a veteran guy. That they'd want a veteran guy to at he least could at least back up Huso, back up Huso or split time <laughs> with Huso. That's that's where I'm getting at. I'm not saying make Dubnik the number one and starting nine every ten games. I'm saying that I think they wouldn't bring in a veteran presence and not have two pretty green goalies back there. I don't know. It would be interesting to see. I think they might try to roll with an Ellis and maybe even a Hofer. Maybe at that point, Hofer's taken over the number job in the AHL, and, and he's stepped up. Um, but I think you at least try that, again, depending on the time of year, for four or five games. And if it seems like, okay, this is not going to work, we need a veteran presence, then you go out and get a Dubnik or... I don't even know who else is available at this point. Uh, Rask, but he's committed to Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's he's he's. I mean, you could make a trade. You can make a trade as well. No, but but then you're but then yeah, that's a whole different animal too. Yaroslav so. Halak. Mm. No, he's in Vancouver. Oh, that's well. Yeah, as I'm saying, they they would make a trade to get a yeah. Halak. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know he's not going to overtake Demko, but. Yeah, the uh, the where's only Brian, uh, I throw out Aaron Dell. He uh, he got beat out in Buffalo. Not not that you want Buffalo scraps, but you know. Always, uh, let's see, Brian Elliott. He could make a. Well, he's in Tampa. Yep. You're right. You but, I mean, you could. Yeah. Oh, he's in Tampa now. Yeah. No, he's not. With no, the he's signed there this offseason. Wow. Not yeah. He was uh, he was part of the. They announced him in the middle of the show last night. Yeah, I remember oh, okay. seeing him. I, I, he's not listed here as on their roster. Yeah, he's he's their backup. Yeah. Okay. Um, he almost yeah, got in. Last night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is listed, but it is listed, but he's not. I get he hasn't played a game yet, so it's not. On, that's why he's not here on my yep. on my chart. So okay. Uh, looking okay. at cap friendly um, available goaltenders: Tukarask, Devin Dubnik, Jeremy Helvig, Jake Keeley. And Cole Keller. So there you go. I don't know See? who the fuck those other guys are. 
That's what uh, I'm saying. So there's yeah, no there's one. not a lot of options. <laughs> it's Dubnik. That's it. And yeah. and I I would say Rask in a heartbeat, but he's going to want more money than what you can afford with the cap. Yep. And he's hurt right now. He's he's recovering right now from from uh, uh he had some procedure done. Um, yep. But. And and he's also said that he will not play anywhere except Boston, and Boston said they're willing to bring him back, uh, you know, whenever he's ready to sign. So apparently that's going to happen. Uh, but Jimmy, uh, actually, I'm sorry, Ken Morris is the comment I want to read. Jimmy, we'll get to you too. I hope Bennington is not going the way Matt Murray did with the Pens. I think absolutely not. Um, at least at this point, other people have said that. Too. I've I've heard that comparison. I before, don't though. see that. I again, I think. I said uh, last summer, going in, uh, you know, after the the bubble tournament, people saying, you know, oh, Bennington's terrible. Oh, he looked awful. I think he's looked fine his whole tenure for the Blues. He's had his moments where he's been rough. Yeah, sure. I mean, what starting goalie hasn't except a guy like Vasilevsky? But, you know, I I think he's been fine. I'm not worried about him. He's one of my least worries. Again, the backup position in goal, that is my worry if we're going to talk about worry in goal. I agree. That's And that was the whole point with the uh, if anything is hurt <laughs> issue. Yep. So. Are, are we, uh, we ready. ready to take a break here, boys? Let's take a break. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery, who uh, clearly is uh, the, one of the best brewers in the St. Louis area. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So a uh, couple comments uh, that I want to get to before we move on. Brian Roberts uh, in the YouTube chat says, I know most Blues fans like his antics going up to other players and throwing fake punches and whatnot. To me, that's a sign of him not being composed. One of these days, a player is going to fight him. Uh, Again, I think, Brian, I I disagree in a certain extent. Um, I think composure for Biddington is different than a lot of other goalies. I think when he's engaged in the game that way, that's what you want out of him. I think that's when he plays his best hockey, and that's when you see the Blues get fired up. After he did that shit in San Jose last year, the Blues came back in that game. I don't remember if they won or not, but they made it a game after that, and they were getting steamrolled. So I love that about him. I love seeing that stuff from him. And you say, what are these days of players is going, a player is going to fight him? Good. I want to see that. Again, I think Bennington, uh, I think he's tougher than people give him credit for. He had a fight in the AHL, looked great in that. Um, I'm all for it. That's the kind of stuff I love seeing out of him because I think that's his personality, and that's when he's at the top of his game is when he's engaged in the activity of the game like that. Um, I agree. 
Um, Brian Roberts said uh, the Stars have like four NHL goalies at the moment and might have to wave Holtby if and when Bishop comes back. Um, that's Yeah, that's an odd one. It is. Well, Bishop. I mean, Bishop, I, I, Bishop hasn't played in a long time either. Uh, but he's been yeah, out for... Bubble. The bubble was his last... He played, I think, early on in the bubble, right? Yeah, the past 18 months, he's been like in and out. Uh, had two surgeries. Uh, I I don't I don't even know if he would. I don't know when he's due to come back. He might be done. He, well, he practiced. They said, and he said mm-hmm. that uh, his goal is to return this season. It could be a while <sighs> yet, though. But uh, for his sake, so I, I hope he does. I'd love to see him. Yeah, back. yeah, but I, I mean, I wouldn't if he does come back. I mean that. I mean that the they'd have a the stars would have a decision to make. Uh, yep. He is, yeah, he's on LTIR, um, and he's got what's his contract look like? What's got left? He's got uh, one more year after this year, at uh, almost five million. I mean, they've got three goalies. They've got Kudobin. They've got uh, um, Holpe, Holpe, and uh, I guess Bishop on LTIR. Well, they got Ottinger too. Who played? Yeah. Who played a lot last year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it is interesting that they'll have to probably make a move at some point. I thought it was odd when they signed Holtby. Um, I thought Ottinger held down the fort just fine last year. Kudobin obviously was a Stanley Cup final goalie two years ago. Um, but Ottinger is not on their payroll. Where is he? Did they move him to the AHL? There he is. There he is. I see him. There he is. He's uh he isn't he's in the yeah he's oh he's not on the roster right now he's he's in the minors right now huh yeah it's wow. it's Holtby it's Holtby and uh, Kudobin uh, according to Cap Friendly yeah they've got um, they've got Ottinger listed in the minors that's why I didn't see him yeah I'm trying to find that now but yeah that's crazy he was uh he he played really well for them down the stretch last year. Uh, Brian Roberts says, sign Charles Barkley to be a goalie. Yeah, that was a fun <laughs> little intermission thing on TNT. I That was one thing I was really looking forward to with, with the coverage, and I know we'll get to that in a minute, was Charles Barkley. He's a big hockey fan. So getting him involved, I, I love it. Keep keep it coming. Keep that happening. Ottinger had uh, played in 29 games for the Stars last season with a 2.36 GAA and a 9.11 save percentage, so. Yeah, he posted good numbers. For a non-playoff uh, team, that's those are bad numbers. No, they're, they're, right. those are good numbers. So for, yeah. what do you do? You go out and get Braden Holtby? That's, that's got to be a kick in the dick to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Dick. Yeah, that's true. I uh, So you think that, I mean, okay, yeah, I get, there's an option there. So they do have a, a, a little extra goaltending there. Which is funny for Dallas because for a long time they didn't have depth goaltending. Uh, okay. Um, the uh, predictions. Uh, Money Puck says <laughs> for the season, the Blues enter the season with a just a fifty-five percent chance of making the playoffs, and that would put them on their list of uh, teams with percentages that, that uh, will make the playoffs at fifth in the Central. So they have Colorado, Winnipeg, uh, Dallas, and Minnesota as having better odds of making the playoffs than the Blues. Colorado at 92.9, Dallas at 58.7, Winnipeg 58.5, Minnesota 56.2, and St. Louis is 54.5. 
And then Nashville, 46.3. Chicago, 31.3. And Arizona, 17. Seattle, for reference, in a weaker uh, division, has a 60.1% chance of making the playoffs. So a uh, it's kind of a, a kind well, of a kick in the teeth a little bit. Well, you got to figure that's because they are in a weaker division. Sure. But yeah. um, Seattle is no Vegas. And I know that going into Vegas's first season, nobody gave them a chance to even make the playoffs and they came out of nowhere. So I think there's a little bit of that with Seattle that, well, on the roster, it looks good. It's okay, you know, but remember what Vegas did. And I think that's why they kind of got a little bit more love with uh, with sites like Money Puck. Yeah. Blues are blues are better than what they're getting credit for, which, hey, you know what? Being the underdog, that's when this team excelled in 2019. So um, I think, honestly, and yes, Colorado will make the playoffs, and yes, they will be a Stanley Cup contender, but I don't, after seeing them fail again in the second round last year, I'm just not sold that they're as big of a favorite as they should, as, as everybody's given them credit for. I think... Yes, they'll be a playoff team, and yes, there's a good chance they finish first. But I'll say it again: give me them in the playoffs. I think they're ripe for the pickings. And I think uh, uh, last week, I think or two weeks ago, I think Bill might have said this, and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. With Darcy Kemper in that, I mean, I and just and say that Pavel Francois, who's already hurt, both very mm-hmm. injury prone goalies. People, who anything could pick- happen with that team. It's interesting and, because people who pick the Blues, uh, who knock the Blues goaltending as being inconsistent and whatnot, uh, or question mark with the goaltending, um, but given there's a pass, is interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, it, definitely goaltending is, I think the the biggest question mark throughout the entire Central, except for Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you've got Connor Hellebuck. You know, Vesna Trophy guy, he's he is the premier goalie in in our division, right? Pekka Rene is retired. Mark Andre Fleury's getting lit up tonight in uh, in Colorado. Um, What's you know, the score? Hey, four to one. And yeah. uh, the, the nice segue into my point about Colorado. Colorado's defense. They've got Bo and Byron coming up and, you know, caliber trophy candidate. But tonight, Jack Johnson is playing on their blue line. And, yeah, he scored a goal. He scored a goal on on Flurry. Wow. So not a great thing for Flurry to, to give that goal up. But uh, Jack Johnson, you know, I, I would say has to be uh, not the best replacement you could have gotten for Ryan Graves. You know, I thought Graves had a uh, you know a rough rough season last year. Um, he's now with uh, New Jersey, um, but Jack Johnson, you know, he's well past his prime. And uh, I don't know. I guess they they wanted to go the you know Eric and Jack on the same team, Johnson and Johnson connection. I don't know. It's I just don't I, that 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 was a head scratcher move. So far, it's paying off for him, um, but Any yeah, two game season though, no way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and their their defense is still so stacked with you know with Bowen Byram and with uh, Gerard and 
you know, they're just, they're going to be a great team. It's yeah, exactly. I I blanked on his name. Thank you. But, but again, that's, that gives them a good chance to win the division. They still need to prove to me they can do it in the playoffs and they haven't done that yet. The sporting news, uh, sporting news picked the blues to miss the playoffs. They had Colorado, then Winnipeg, then Minnesota, and wild cards Dallas and Chicago. <laughs> I uh, don't they, understand the love affair with Chicago. I don't. Are you and I mean, Minnesota? You there? The 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 NHL and uh, sports media has been in love with Chicago Blackhawks and hockey forever. Well, no, but I'm saying the the they're the dying team. to make them good again. They're dying. I know, to. and I get that, but I'm just saying realistically. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pick Chicago over the Blues and even Dallas. Uh, I know they went to the Stanley Cup final two years ago, but they got a they've got so a lot to prove too with their aging veterans that are just not contributing anymore. I I don't understand those wild card picks. I'll give them Colorado, mm-hmm. Winnipeg, Minnesota. I think Minnesota's a little bit on the rise too. They've made some nice moves there. But Dallas and Chicago, give me the Blues over both those teams right now. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I I don't get the hype with Minnesota. Yeah, Kaprizov, yeah, major major talent. But you know, and Joel Eriksonak had a hell of a year last year. But you know, maybe maybe Parise and Suter were a bit of an anchor holding the kids back on this team, and with both of them gone. And by the way, Suter now a Dallas star, um, mm-hmm. making that defense questionable. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I just I'm still not. You know, I, Cam Talbot had a had a really good year last year. Um, we'll see if he can repeat this year. I just the the forward group. They're younger. They're bigger. I just I don't know I I don't I don't see them finishing above the Blues if the Blues goaltending stays healthy. See, I think I think you know Winnipeg is a little overrated for me. I, people are touting Winnipeg as this juggernaut uh, that's going to finish second behind Colorado, and I mean maybe, but I mean well, they finished third in a weak North Division last season. They were they swept did. Montreal around two. They, I know they added, right, Brendan right. Dillon. They added Schmidt, and but Nate Schmidt, Nate Schmidt. Yeah, but you know what, Schmidt. Okay, and that was like one of the the, the big deals. But you know, last year in Vancouver, he had a huge drop off from mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. time in Vegas. He wasn't very good, and his and his numbers were similar to uh, when he was in Washington before Vegas. So. I'm not even sure that he's going to replicate his. So they're hoping he replicates his numbers from, from when he was in Vegas, which if he does, then that makes them much better. But if he doesn't, if he plays more like he did Vancouver or in Washington, then he's not the the great pickup that they're saying that he is. Um, he had 68 giveaways. He had 68 giveaways last season in a 56-game season, mind you which is uh, 30 more than he had each of his last two seasons in Vegas, uh, which were longer seasons. Uh, and his shot blocks were down last year. Hits were way down, and so were his takeaways. Um, I think I think their goaltending uh, gets them 
into the wild card. And then after that, they have to, I mean, that's where I have them as a wild card team mm-hmm. because of the goaltending. Really? Mm. I, do. I do. See, my, my, my thought is it's going to be a battle. I do think Colorado takes the division. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a battle for second and third between Winnipeg, Minnesota, and St. Louis. Um, I I personally, uh, I don't know if we want to get into predictions at all, but um, I I personally picked the Blues to finish second. I think they're better than Winnipeg and Minnesota. I put Minnesota third. I put uh, Winnipeg as a wild card team. Uh, I do think the Central does carry uh, both wild cards this year. Uh, again, like they always do. Um, and I think it's probably going to be Dallas. Um, but, I mean, Chicago, I guess, has a chance. I just, again, I don't understand the love affair with both those teams. But, yeah, I'll go one Colorado, two St. Louis, three Minnesota, four um, Winnipeg, and I guess I'll just say five Dallas. Okay. Bill, what are you, what are you thinking for Central? Yeah, so like. I, I think I, I think for sure it's going to be uh, Colorado, Winnipeg. I, I do believe in Winnipeg. Seeing a lot of them last year in the North uh, against Canadians um, when they had a shittier D. Um, you know, I, I do think that the addition of Schmidt, yeah, he had a shit year in Vancouver. Uh, wasn't a good fit for him, but you know that was kind of a a marriage by fire. Uh, Vegas had to get rid of the contract so that they could afford Petrangelo. Um, I think I think Winnipeg will be better. Um, he'll you know he's he's going to be um, you know a, a, a definite leader on that team. You know Vancouver was trying to put Quinn Hughes out there as much as possible. Um, I think Brendan Dillon is is another good solid guy. Um, last year, my knock on Winnipeg when I watched them was, you know, your your D, you're rolling out Jordy Bed, and you're rolling out Neil Pionk. Uh, in key situations, you've got depth problems on D. Um, Hellebuck had a great year, but just you know they they couldn't you know they couldn't get past uh, Montreal, and uh, I don't know I, <clears throat> I I. I think they will be the second best team. Um, and then third, I think is probably going to come down between uh, the blues and the stars. Um, I think Dallas will find enough magic to be, be up there. Um, I think the blues will finish fourth in the division. Um, I don't think they're a wild card team. Um, and then Minnesota and Nashville. Um, I think Chicago's overhyped. I don't. I, I think Nashville, you know, their defense and their their goaltending, you know, is is completely, um, you know, being rebuilt. Right. Soros has been there for a couple of years. Engel, you know, now has has the number one, um, and hasn't been. You know, he, to me, he's he's you know, kind of trajectory. His trajectory has been that of Halak. He's a smaller guy and has good moments, but not a long-term number one. Um, their defense is definitely, you know, they signed Matias Alcom, 31-year-old Matias Alcom. They gave him a four-year contract um, after they traded away. Um, um, what's his name? Um, Ryan blanking. Ellis. Ryan Ellis, big beard. 
Yeah, soggy bottom boy Ryan Ellis um, <laughs> traded him, and uh, I think their D got worse. Um, but I think the the forward core on that team has a lot to prove, um, and I, I think they'll surprise some teams. Um, I think the Blackhawks um, are too young, um, and they're you know their D's not. I, I think their D's better. Now, you know, that Duncan Keith and the corpse of Brent Seabrook are gone. Um, but I don't think that they're going to be able to crack um, anything better than second wild card. And it's, I think that'll come down between them and um, them and Nashville. So. Um, okay. I, um, I have Colorado taking the division like with the rest of the world. Um I think uh, you know Kemper is a question mark, but I mean it could be an it could be an acquisition where he uh, is plays him behind a great team and he just puts up unworldly numbers, uh, or he could be uh, the team that wins in spite of him. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but I I I'd like I, I, he's probably going to have a pretty good year. I, I mean I would not bet against that. Um, I think St. Louis has enough. Yeah, Bill. I was going to say he's had some some really good positional saves in in the game. I've got it. Okay. If you see me looking up, that's what I'm watching. And he, um, and he had he had some good years in Arizona too. So I mean, he was. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I mean, that's just, he uh, he had a great save on Seth Jones right at the end of the second period, and it was all position. Okay, I think St. Louis has enough firepower to drive this team to finish second behind Colorado. Um, goaltending is good enough. We talked about this. Um, I think the defense is underrated. Uh, I think Winnipeg, uh, and I, and I misread my notes earlier. I don't have Winnipeg as a wild card team. I have them as finishing third. So I think Winnipeg, uh, yeah, a bit overrated, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I, possibly, uh, with their, with, uh, Schmidt might not being, uh, always advertised outside of Vegas. Um, I did like the Dillian pickup. Um, I think Minnesota uh, buying out Suter and Parise cost us some cap room, uh, kind of affects their depth a little bit. I'm not sold on their goaltending, so um, you know they. I think they might get a wild card this year, uh, so I got them at fourth, and I've got uh, Dallas at fifth. Uh, they missed the playoffs last year after uh, a surprising bubble run before, and I think last year before the season started, I think I said Dallas was gonna. Uh, I, I I didn't uh, have faith that they were going to be as good as the year before. Um, I don't, I don't care for the Ryan Suter acquisition. Uh, he's, he's, he dropped off last year and he's 36. Um, I don't think they have the goaltending to carry them unless could open and improves. Um, uh, you, you don't not, believe in the four headed monster. I do not believe that <laughs> Dallas is a top three team with that goaltending in this division. No. Um, uh, I think Chicago. I actually like the acquisition Chicago made. Um, I, I like the Seth, Seth Jones pickup, McCabe, uh, Flurry. I mean, uh, all very nice. Um, Kane and Debrinket. Uh, you know, they're going to be dangerous up front, but top heavy probably. Uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, his production has dropped off. So, you know, does he, you know, rebound from last year, or you know, uh, what's what's that like from uh, for him? So I don't know. They they have a lot of question marks. Um, they could go either way. They could they could play well this year, but I'm not betting on it. Um, Got to see what this uh, revamped Chicago team can do for me. 
Yeah, and that was interesting hearing you talk about that as they had just had four defensive turnovers on a PK <laughs> and Colorado hemmed them in and Flurry made one fantastic save and a couple other solid saves to not give up a goal on that power play. But man, there you go. That's uh, timely, yeah. timely analysis. <laughs> yes. Um, before I open up the playoff door for them, I, they got to they got to show me that they're better than they have been. Uh, and that Flurry, you know, I mean, he's I mean, at what point does Flurry drop off too? I mean, he's he was he's been good, but I mean, you can't play that way forever. He's getting up there, so I mean, how much does he have left? Uh, and then Nashville and Arizona rounding up the top, the 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 seven and eight. Um, you know, I think. I think La- uh, Nashville might have to change the name to Lastville Predators if they uh, oh! if, Arizona over- if Arizona overachieves the season and uh, edges them out for uh, <laughs> seventh in the division. Dude, can I just say with Arizona in the division now and the way the Blues have struggled against them in the last couple uh, of years? I know, right? I really hope that with the changes they've made this summer, that it's going to make the Blues for sure a better team in those matchups because. God yeah. damn, Arizona was you know, a bitch to play against. You know what's weird? I, I I've always hated. Well, because Arizona. Okay, let's be honest. Arizona Phoenix have traditionally they've not been good. Okay, mm-hmm. and whenever they play them, it's like you just don't get up for it. It's not a game that you, they were in a different different division for forever, and it's like yeah, I don't really. I mean, you you watch it, but you're like you're not excited about it. You're like we should win this game, right? We should hopefully. Um, and last season was just painful with that series yeah. oh um, god yeah that was i just did i mean of all I, one of the teams i just don't like to watch and we <laughs> like seven times in a row uh yeah like, oh. the best thing i can say about uh them being in our division this year is at least they went back to the white kachina jerseys this year yeah that's that'll be fun to look at I, I appreciate the nostalgia with those jerseys, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, that it, the unpopular opinion here I've never liked them ever, but I do like the nostalgia. I, I like seeing them thinking, oh, it's 1998 again. So, or yeah, they came into the league in '98, right? '97, '96, I thought '96. It was the year before Austin Matthews was born. I watched a documentary on that today on Austin Matthews, who you know what? Talking about his parents, he started to tear up a little bit about how much they mean to him. It makes me like him that much more. Hmm. Seems like a good guy. Oh, he's a hockey guy, dude. All hockey, hockey guys guy. appreciate their parents. He just as, as, I mean I, the late the, the early morning practices, the late night pickups. I mean, yeah, but God, who doesn't do a, who doesn't appreciate their fucking parents for that? I, I, know, I know I do. How often do you see a? player tear up on camera over it that's i mean that's 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 up that's it was i was i was touched i was touched oh that's awesome good yeah so yeah it made me i i kind of i kind of like uh that that little documentary uh maybe uh oh i kind of like austin matthews a little more now he has a personality i should i I should call i I did not makes me a terrible son (laughs) all right um, next up for the Blues, uh, Saturday night in Colorado. Um, it doesn't seem right that we opened the season last season against Colorado. We're doing it fucking again this season. In Colorado, um, too, not just in against. Colorado. Yeah, I know. And last year we whooped them in that first game, yeah. took them to the woodshed. Um, and uh, hopefully it's the same this year. <laughs> That'd be great. 
Uh, yeah, rapid fire tidbits. Plan back to back. I know, right? Yeah, they, and they smoked us the next night, so that yep. kind of sucked. You, you're on this high. I was like, oh shit. Uh, so rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, we mentioned before the Seattle Kraken played their inaugural NHL game on Tuesday night, losing four to three in Vegas. Uh, Stevenson's controversial game-winning goal Tuesday night versus Seattle was a topic of conversation late last night and today. Was it kicked in, boys? So uh, before we get into this, uh, you said 98 for Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Bill, you said 97. I said 96, right? Correct. 1996-1997. That was their first season. Okay. So Jeff and I were both right. Technically, I was right. But I'll I'll Techn- I'll take full credit with you. You you said ninety six, Bill? Uh Jeff? I said ninety six, yeah. Okay. Technically you were right, yes. Yeah. But I'll I'll share credit with, with Bill. As long as Kurt doesn't win, I'm happy. So Price is right rules, me. I kinda bombed there. Was one yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you're way off. Um hmm. no, this goal so um I'll say what I said on Twitter this morning. Um I was watching the game last night. That goal goes in. If you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter. I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Chandler Stevenson, uh, game-winning goal against Seattle. Um, when I when I was watching the game, the first thought in my head, right live, was that's not a goal. That's not a goal. That's yeah. not a goal. There's no way right. it's a goal. And then I kept watching the replays, and I kept saying in my head. That's not a goal. That is clearly not a goal. And didn't it piss goal. you off? He didn't it piss side you off? kicked the puck. And then, yeah. yes, and it did. It fucking well, pissed me off because you know I'm, what I'm hearing saying. the announcers. Yes. The announcers on ESPN, Butcher Gross and was it Brian Boucher, both saying like, oh, that is that is uh, not a kicking motion. He directed it. That's clearly a good goal. And I'm just sitting there going, do I just not understand the sport that I podcast about? Like the sport that I've played my whole life and that I've studied and, and base a lot of my life decisions off of, do I just not understand? Like what the fuck is wrong with me? And I I went to bed. I went to bed literally thinking that like, I can't believe that, that I I thought that wasn't a goal. And then this morning I jump on Twitter and yes, I know Twitter's always negative, but I see like fan reactions, even from like people who are rooting for Vegas that are like, that wasn't a goal. What the hell? How was that allowed? Why was that so clear cut a goal? Because it shouldn't have been. And I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. So no, I definitely think you saw him lift. And to me, that was it. He lifted his leg to it wasn't just his skate he lifted his legs to make sure that he was able to direct that puck to me that is a kicking motion to me what makes it a kicking motion is the fact that his knee was bent initially yeah. and then he stra- he straightens out his leg and lifts his skate to make contact with the puck and then it 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 and then it makes he does make contact with the puck and it goes in the rule from the rule book, from the initial rule book, about uh, a distinct kicking motion, uh, reads as follows. So prior to the start of the 19 and 20 season, uh, 2019, 2020 season, the NHL clarified their definition of a distinct kicking motion to allow more goals off of skates. Okay. So uh, plays that involve a puck entering the net as a direct result of a distinct kicking motion shall be ruled no goal. 
A distinct kicking motion for purposes of video review is one where the video makes clear that an attacking player has deliberately propelled the puck with a kick of his foot or skate and the puck subsequently enters the net. That is exactly what happened. I agree. I, I, he, he picked, he, he, his knee was bent. He extends his knee so his leg's straight right when his skate hits the puck. That's a kick. And he lifted his skate, and it goes in the net. It's and it propelled the puck in the direction towards the net. It is it is verbatim against the rules according to the rule book. I, I Bill, mean, please, course, I mean, please, Bill, I need you to disagree with us. Disagree, Bill, and then we can have like a we can have a fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so I'll disagree with you in that I didn't watch it live. I actually had gone to bed. Um, <laughs> I was not really a disagreement, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I so the only thing I got was after the fact on Twitter this morning, and um, you know I, I saw the first thing I saw was uh, somebody photoshopped a a, uh, uh, a Leo Messi uh, I saw picture that. Yeah. Uh, over top of uh, Stevenson, and it's like okay, so that I I get what happened here, and then I saw a, a gif of it. Um, and it it surely seemed like a distinct kicking motion. I think I think the controversial thing here, to me, is that it's an it it feels like it happens frequently that Toronto gets things wrong on late games in the West because they're all old <laughs> white dudes that are ready to go to bed and want the game to be over and. Maybe they're already asleep when it happens and they just can't get their wits together to get the call right. But that is embarrassing. Embarrassing when you see the video replay that clearly shows him extend yeah. his leg and make contact and kick it in. Like, it, How can you not conclude that it's a distinct kicking what? motion you after seeing all available replays, which is what Toronto is there to do? What irritates me about this entire thing, probably the most, is not the fact that Toronto got it wrong, because they fucking got it wrong. But like you said, Jeff, the the commentators uh, the, on ESPN, they were adamant from the get-go after every play about how it was not a kicking motion. And I, what was the, the female broadcaster? Uh, Emily Kaplan. Uh, AJ Molitsko. Okay, Emily Kaplan. It was she, she uh, said, well, it went off the outside of a skate, so it can't be a kicking motion. And I said, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, I don't know. Why would, why would you come to that conclusion? That you can, you can absolutely kick a puck on the, with the outside of your skate. Uh, that's, not, that's not a thing. You know what? So, uh, real quick, let's talk to a soccer player, and a soccer player would tell you every oh. single good pass is made off the side of your foot. Inside, outside, it doesn't matter. You can kick yeah. with your entire foot. It doesn't matter if the outside. That was a dumb thing to say. Um, and 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 the comments from the rest of the broadcast crew, just the same thing, same level of stuff. It's like, oh no, no distinct kick motion. The league wants to allow more goals. I'm like, well, yeah, they changed the rule then. The rewrite yeah, the rule to allow more goals. What what was the thing? Uh, <clears throat> somebody said something about. Um, it, I think it was Butcher Gross who said, "Well, the league wants more goals, so yeah. and it's like." That okay, then change the fucking rules and say you can kick the puck in. If that's, that's what, what if you if that's the basis <laughs> that they just want more goals, change right. the fucking rule and allow it. Hey, there. 
in ESPN's defense, they've had 17 years off of hockey. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of ESPN, uh, coverage, like, dislike? I mean, Jeff, I, I, Jeff commented that he liked it a lot. I loved yeah. it. Uh, personally, I'll, I'll just reiterate real quick. Um, I just loved the, first of all, the, the way they embraced having the game back. It wasn't just like an afterthought. It wasn't a, hey, by the way, hockey's back. Welcome, everyone. It's not like we haven't been here for 17 years. You know, they, they, I mean, first of all, we already talked about the crew they brought in. They went out and got some of the best names you can get. And mm -hmm. they made a big deal. We are back on ESPN. It's been 17 years, folks. Some faces you've seen here, Barry Melrose, Steve Levy, they're all back. Plus, we got Chris Chelios, Mark Messier. I mean, I loved it. I thought, uh, and I said this on Twitter last night, I thought Chris Chelios was fantastic. I hate saying that because I fucking hate his guts as a player uh, more than almost anyone. Because, uh, I mean, shit, he was a Red Wing and a Blackhawk. Um, but I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, just here and, and listen, I've never been a huge Barry Melrose fan, but that man is my childhood. I grew up watching him on sports center, seeing him comment on the yeah. game and just how excited he was to have hockey back. And, and, you know, it's Kurt, I know you got a couple things in the notes here that talk about, you know, what, you know, how it was, a uh, well, and, and something I saw from ESPN, their double header last night. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, it was the uh, it got the most numbers viewed out of any double header opening night they've ever had on ESPN, like any sport. So that's fucking awesome to see that. And and so hold on, hold on. So part part of what I was going to say was that Max Kellerman. You familiar with Max Kellerman? Yes. Who is ESPN? He's a boxing guy. He does mm. a, a couple of different shows, or whatever. He he's a he, he he's not a big fan of hockey, or he criticizes it as far as like you know, no one likes hockey. But what I was going to say was, I think part of my joy of having a hockey back on ESPN was that Max Kellerman's forced to talk about hockey a little bit now. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and he he said that nobody watches hockey because uh, these arenas are full. But that's only because there's 20,000 hockey fans in every city, and they all go to the games, and that's why the television ratings suck. And uh, so that's just kind of – I mean, it was, it was a stupid thing to say. It was just not uh, accurate. But yeah. uh, granted, the TV ratings aren't as good as some of the sports, but they're not – I mean, whatever. He, he's, he was uh, – They still that, have that, great numbers. Just comparatively speaking to the NFL and well, MLB, yeah, they're not going to it. Depends on, it depends on where you go in the country too. I mean, the, the, some parts of the country are far better than others. It's obvious. Um, but mm -hmm. just to, to throw a wet blanket uh, over the entire country as not liking hockey is, is ridiculous. There's some fantastic mm -hmm. hockey markets in this country. Like St. Louis. Like St. Yeah. Louis. And, and I was going to say, you know, on, on the subject of the non-hockey ESPN talent, ESPN got Stephen A. Smith to buy in, and he's doing promos. He's doing mm -hmm. promos for the yeah. Friday night Ducks game, right? That's that's pretty impressive, you know, for for a guy as uh, 
you know, controversial and outspoken as him um, to, to show he's embracing it early. I, I like that a lot. Um, I, you know, the, the camera angles, uh, Jimmy Allen brings up, you know, that the camera angles were, were dizzy, uh, dizzying him. Um, they're different. I, I like the flyby cameras. You know, I, I think that, um, might still be a little bit, um, a little bit too distant from the rink, but I, I like it. I like the different angle. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing some more of it and hopefully they can fine tune it. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, I, I thought the, the production value was great. Um, you know, I liked the, you know, I, I didn't, I don't like, you know, that, that they had to promo it, but yeah, it's the first game. So we'll give them a pass. But when, um, they, they did the rush. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. In the the Seattle Vegas game where they Mm -hmm. just, they stopped talking. They said, we're going to let you enjoy the sights and sounds of the game as they're happening Mm -hmm. live. And just, you know, shut up for a minute and a half. That was beautiful. I I love that. Well, and and we've talked on the show, friend of the show, uh, Ray Ferraro uh, is now an analyst for ESPN. And, and he's not the only one, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of great commentators out there, but he just provides commentary. And I feel like Emily Kaplan does a great job too. But, um, and, and again, there's more that I just don't have the time to name. They just provide this insight that I don't feel like we really got from NBC. Um, bringing in these Canadian guys, bringing in this TSN guys, that's what the sports need, the sport needs. Uh, especially if it's going to go on a national stage like ESPN. And I thought the coverage was great. Now, I know we disagreed with, you know, the call from Stevenson. There's other problems throughout the night. Again, it's the start of the season. You're going to have issues. But overall, I thought it was fantastic. And and um, uh, something I wanted to add real quick, mm-hmm. originally, Sidney Crosby and this is why I love this whole thing. Sidney Crosby was supposed to be on Sunday Night Football or Monday Monday Night Football. Um, he was going to appear at halftime and talk about hockey and promote the sport, which is fucking awesome. That's what you want, and that's why I was so excited about ESPN getting the game. Now that changed because of the John Gruden situation, which I honestly completely understand. That was breaking news. That was huge news. Uh, so it ended up not happening, but that's the kind of cross promotion we want to see. And and to kind of talk about TNT a little bit, same thing in the Cardinals game uh, last last Wednesday, they were talking about, hey, opening night for the NHL um, is Wednesday. Or I'm sorry, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we're going to have all these games on TNT. Make sure you check it out. That's the kind of shit that we didn't get with NBC and we're getting it now with TNT and ESPN. I couldn't be more happy. Oh, so on the topic of coverage in game coverage, you know, this is awesome. I'm watching this live. This is my reaction. TNT has Don fucking Koharski as their rules analyst. I was just really? thinking that. There he is oh, right now. Wow. Shut yep. up, you fat pig. Have another donut. <laughs> Have another Have donut. donut. Have another, donut. another donut, you fat pig. <laughs> I love oh my it. God. But, yeah, I uh, I don't know that we're going to see Gabriel Landeskog uh, in the lineup. Um, that was a fairly dirty hit he just threw. Um, yeah. 
very prone player, player on one knee, and he comes in and drives him headfirst into the boards, thinking he's not going to be in the lineup for Colorado Saturday. You only got two minutes for that, surprisingly. Yep, that's why I think he'll get suspended. Did you guys see that the uh, NHL is listed first on uh, on ESPN.com's main menu at the top of the page? Back They're riding the, the wave, baby. I during the se- during the NHL season last season, they didn't even make like the six that were like shown. You had to like click a button to then show like a hundred other sports, and they were buried in there somewhere. Um, so, yep. uh, that's, well, because last nice season change. it was pretty, it was pretty much just Wyshynski right on their website. <laughs> that pretty was much, it. yeah. And then they and, they fired a bunch of people. Yeah. They did, and I, year? dude, I love it. Um, again, I they're riding the wave, and that's that's what I'm hoping to see more out of. As as somebody well, who, you know, what I do is I in my uh, in my full time job. I know it's crazy. This isn't all I do with my life is talk about the blues. Um, I deal a lot with like content strategy of like, okay, you know, let's make sure that we're keeping up with trends, and we're making sure that our audience is is seeing the right kind of stuff when they want to see it. That's what ESPN's doing with putting the NHL first. Right now, the NHL is hotly trending in the United States, and they're riding that wave. They're saying, hey, right now, hockey's killing it. We did a great job with our first night of coverage. Let's keep that rolling. Put them at the top of the fucking site. Let's keep talking about them on SportsCenter. That's what you want to see, and this is what I love. Hopefully this continues. I think ESPN's uh, doing a fine job. Uh, the only their 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 score box in the upper left of the screen. I'm a visual guy. This bothered me. Might be nitpicking. Yes. I'm sure it is nitpicking, but it bothered me. I didn't like the way it looked. It was it was it was hard to read. It was busy. There was two. There was information in there that didn't need to be there, and they didn't have the shots on there, uh, except for every once in a while they would pop up and then take them away, which is dumb. Um, I tweeted out uh, Sportsnet. Uh, I watched, well, was watching ESPN Plus today, and they had Sportsnet's feed of Montreal and Toronto, and their Fox and their their box at the top left was pristine as far as graphics go. It's, it was it's better on TNT. Was, Have you seen it? Uh, no, but, and I'm sure I, I'm sure it is. It can't be much worse. It was not good on ESPN's uh, on uh, on ESPN's channel, but so maybe I doubt that gets fixed, but. Uh, or Bill, have you, but... uh, Bill, it, I mean, you've seen it. What do you think compared to last night, which you saw with ESPN? Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're, they're both upgrades over NBCA, right? The, that's, that's the biggest thing, right? For, well, for national broadcasts, you know, I, I, I think that the, the talent that, TNT has for their intermission reports. Like th- that was my biggest problem with NBC and they do it with soccer. It's their intermission is so formulaic mm. and having a, a broader uh, group, uh, a more diverse group, you know, you've got Bissonette, you've got Gretzky, you know, and you've, it, it's, it's, I think their intermission content, might actually keep me glued um, as, as opposed to what, you know, with, with ESPN like, or, or with uh, NBC rather, where you knew that you were going to get Keith Jones and Mike Milbury saying the same tired shit every intermission, right? Yep. I, I think it's fresh. I think they're both going to do a great job. Um, they're, you know, it, it, the wave is here. I, I think this is great. Let's Let's keep it going. 
Um, okay, moving on to uh, the NHL bringing back the retro reverse jerseys. I hadn't heard about this until. Uh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? You hear this? It's true. <laughs> true. True story. True story. This is true. I'm not making this up. Uh, sources say uh, yes for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, multiple sources, according to the Athletic. Uh, say that the alternate jersey program could be set to return, uh, which would be a welcome sight for many teams and executives who spoke on the matter. Uh, I can say uh, we are pushing for it, one Western Conference executive said. Uh, we've been pretty vocal about that with the league. It's something I think will be great for all of us. It's going to happen, an Eastern Conference executive said. It's coming back. I'm not sure if the league is ready to make that official, but I don't see how they don't do it. It wouldn't be the same jerseys that were sold during the first rendition of the reverse retro. It'd be another new look, and one team source already said that their team has already designed and knows what the next reverse retro jersey would look like. Um, well, thoughts and on this? So, so Bill Bill posted this in our little weekly yeah. chat that we have, and um, that was the thing that stood out to me, that very last comment you made, is that it's, it's not going to be the same. Now, for some teams, that sucks. Uh, Colorado, L.A., the, the jerseys we all we all agreed on that we loved, that sucks. Those jerseys were great. I'd love to see them again. Hartford, uh, well, Carolina was another one. But um, Why does it have to be reverse retro, though? Why can't it just be a different jersey, a different style? Why does it be reverse it have, retro? Yeah, I, I agree. I, ho- I uh, hope it's not reverse retro again because you're – that's Just do know, a I, different – I mean – what is it? There the are so Diamondbacks, many that I, don't the Diamondbacks have like six different jerseys? Yeah, like, and the NBA and they don't has have like a t- four. They don't have a title for them. Just right. fucking make a different jersey. Yeah, we're going to have a new third. We're going to have a fourth yeah. jersey, whatever you want to call it. The NBA right. has a bunch of jerseys too. I just, I just, I did, I don't like, I, there were so many reverse retros I didn't like. I just, I, I mean, there were a handful I liked. Yes. Uh, but there were, I probably didn't like 75% of them. And we all I said just, that right. the reason that they did the reverse retro is because they weren't having fans in the stands to open the season, and that was a revenue generator. And and obviously, anytime you, you bring out a new jersey, it's going to be a revenue generator no matter what. But I I like the idea that we used to have just years ago, just a couple years ago. Teams just release jerseys when they want. That's more what it should be to me. You want to re- reveal a new jersey that you can wear at home or away? Do it. We're not going to make you. We're not going to make you come up with a design. Like it was clear a team like the Islanders and the Red Wings had no plans to make a new jersey, and they were forced to because of the reverse retro reveal. Uh, I want to get back to those days. But either way, the good news for Blues fans, and I know a lot of you loved them, but I did not. Good news is, new jerseys. So we're not going to have those crap red jerseys. Hopefully we see something completely different. A lot of people did not like the clown reds. I think some. Those were worse than the original clowns. Yeah. Yeah. Some liked it. Uh, And they didn't make many of them at all. And they sold out. So people got the impression that droves loved them. I don't don't think that was the case at all. No, they sold out because they didn't make enough of them. Right, that's what I just said. Oh, well, <laughs> then I agree with you, Kurt. <laughs> Clearly, Jeff's I was listening. Force the controversy, I guess. 
Um, yeah, some of the owners have said that uh, they didn't think that the reverse retros uh, sold as many as they could have because of uh, no fans in the stands. So I think that really hurt sales. Yeah. So they want to do uh, different jerseys again to do that. So which I'm not against new jerseys. That's fine. Uh, but don't don't make it be a theme like a reverse retro thing. Don't do don't limit them to teams. Let them let them right. do something. Got them scared though because teams. I don't want to go through the '90s era again with these uh, stupid ass ducks bursting through ice and stuff. Right. No. That- the more you change it, the, the more opportunity you have to change it, the more mistakes are going to be made. Um, and, you know, the the Burger King um, and, yeah. you know, Kings. is the Mooderous. I mean, they're yes. great new oh, games see, for the, the failures, right? They're so um, bad. What, yeah. Uh, they're, uh, I, I would be all for jerseys changing up every year. You know, it, it happens in soccer, um, and you just learn to, you know, you pick the ones you like each year, and you know that that's fine. Um, or, or or every division, like like uh, every four years, so you uh, a whole division goes with a with a new third, and then you keep it for four years, while every year after that, a different division goes with a third, and you just cycle. So that you have you have four years to sell this third jersey, and then. After after those, that four years is up, then you have a new one. Maybe do it by yeah. division. No, it's I don't know. not a bad idea. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't but, know. Yeah, cycle. I, I have to ask Bill. Um, you still have uh, TNT on? Uh, I do. Did you just see when they flashed to the guys in the studio? Uh, they are all standing there holding hockey sticks. Did you see that? I I caught just just enough. To see that three of them were wearing the same shoes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's where your eyes went. Okay. Um, that's interesting. So, now, so my- the Andy Dufresne bit from uh, Shawshank Redemption, how often do you look at a man's shoes? I guess Bill would say, well, often. Yeah, all the time. Well, I mean, it's kind of the first thing I see since the TV is right above my mom. Ah, okay. Well, the reason I bring it up is it's just a totally funny. Is and I love Liam McHugh. He does a great job. Um, awesome point runner for uh, for the broadcast. But um, I saw it was funny. It was him and you know all the guys in the TNT panel: uh, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Busanet, uh Rick Tockett, and I'm missing Anson one. Carter. Anson Carter. Um, they're all they were all holding hockey sticks, standing up. And every one of the players is either holding it like this or like in the player stance, you know? Mm. And Liam McHugh's just got one hand in the middle of the stick. And it's like, <laughs> you can tell what, like, which one of these guys is not a hockey player. <laughs> you yeah. could just tell by the way he was holding his stick. It's, it's just funny to see. Oh, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Ready to close mm. it out? Yeah, sure. good show, boys. Always good. Good show, boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season preview, 2021-22. And I'll add, we had a, a – Kurt, maybe you know offhand. I'm terrible with names. Uh, we had somebody on Twitter who said that they were going to check out the show this week. Oh, yeah. They had, yeah. like, a, a list of, what, five podcasts they listened to. One of them was We Went Blues. And yeah. you were like, yeah. yeah, that's not even a show anymore, so put <laughs> us in your rotation. Yeah. So – I'm drawing a blank on the name. Gentlemen, if you're listening, we hope you enjoyed the show. 
Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their tap room located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis. It's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. Bill, look That'll right wrap- now. I turned it off. That'll ah! wrap up. But I did. Episode. I, as I was turning it off, I saw Liam holding the stick very awkwardly. <laughs> yes. That'll wrap up episode ten of season five. What I did that I did that last time. It'll wrap up epi- I got this right. backwards on my notes again. <laughs> episode ten. I'm gonna fix it right now. Episode five of season ten of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Let's go Steve Boosnevich. <laughs> Steve Boosnevich. Steve Boosnevich. And, oh, uh, Jeff, I'm, you, I'm, you have in, to close the I'm show, in Jeff. charge of the end of the show. <laughs> let's go blues i didn't send you a message i'm like well, uh, surely i'll give the I'll i the totally and, forgot and you yep. can uh, just have time well then i'll have last word hey everybody we love you let's go blues Woo! uh the chiefs are at home tonight against cyanus sport at the war memorial at eight good seats are still available a look at sports. i think that went very well thank you for listening to let's go blues radio now take off hosers I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry.